This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Call Maddie anytime. 1-300-01-1170 or text 0457-736-736. Welcome to Morning Glory with Maddie Johns. Yes, and welcome to Morning Glory, everyone, this uh, beautiful Friday morning. We're out today. We're coming to you uh, live from the Australian Caravan and Camping Super Show at Rose Hill Gardens. It's all happening. Men pitching tents. We've got uh, cats and prams already. It's, uh, no, it really is good. It's good. And we're here thanks to Jayco. Uh, we've got the Sydney Morning Herald's Andrew Webster. Hey, Webber. How hi, are you? Hi, Matthew. Now, Just, mate, I'm, I'm not pitching a tent. No, you're not. Just to, but, just to clarify. But you have got food poisoning. So <laughs> you've got mild food poisoning. I have a little bit, actually. Yes, mm. you have. But I'll battle on because I'm a battler. I, it's good to see you. <laughs> you brought your toilet paper, which yeah. is actually a shame. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go into one of the many camper vans that are around here. The old Anus will be like a wizard's sleeve <laughs> later on. Just have your wife you, you'll be patting oh, it. Oh, that is something I didn't need to hear. Uh, <laughs> bloke in a bar, down at camp. How you going, Kempy? Mate, just pitching a tent right yeah. now. <laughs> Is that what that is? <laughs> yeah, it is. Cats and prams. Another one just gone past. We've got the maestro in the studio. Hey, maestro, how you doing? How are you, team? Better for hearing your voices this morning. Oh, mm. we miss you already. Suck. Uh, <laughs> producer Ben Hogarth. Hey, Ben, how are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Mate, I'm going good. That is good. I'm, I'm good. You were, what time are you out here this morning, mate? You revel uh, in this. I was out here at 6 o'clock just to watch the sun come up over the race. Oh, uh, yeah. Unbelievable. It's as good as life gets. It's <coughs> sure it my, is. My life, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, look, there's so many big stories going on in rugby league. We're going to cover those off in the next 20, 30 minutes. Uh, talk about last night's game as well. But, uh, boys, great news yesterday. Roger Tulvasashek came out of nowhere, signed a three-year deal with the Warriors. And that great news. Well, there's been talk about him wanting back into league for some time, but the club he's been linked to is the Roosters mm. for a long time. And I keep ringing Nick Politis and going, Nick, are you getting RTS? And he goes, no, I'm not getting RTS. We've got a good fullback. We've got mm. plenty of good outside backs, so we don't need one. And I didn't... Um, it's, a, it's a really significant uh, signing for the Warriors off the back of a good start to the season under yeah. Andrew Webster. Can coach. Mm. What a signing. What an absolutely fantastic signing because they've got the battlers there now. You know, he, when he went and recruit, we all sat there and said, OK, well, he's recruited. Like, has he really replaced better players than he had yep. last year? But what we've noticed is it's not about actually the, the form. It's rather than the type of player he's recruited. Now he's got the superstar. Now yep. he's got the marquee guy that players go, once in a lifetime, I want to be able to say that I play with Roger Tuovasashek. And that is going to draw people to the club. And as we said, you know, on the show a couple of weeks ago, they're just getting started. This is a rebuild for the Warriors. So good. And they've got RTS, who I think my mail is he's going to play in the centres, which will, will may, you know, will um, elongate his career. Yeah, I, well, it's funny that I was, I was sitting there last night and we were talking about who, where's he going to play. Mm. And my gut feel, Campy, was that, you know, at that age, it's very hard to come back into rugby league and play fullback. Mm. Yeah, hard, very hard on the petrol tank. Uh, I think that's a smart move. I do, you know, like playing in the centres or even shifting to the wings sometimes. Mm. Just because, I mean, let's have a think back of what he did at the Roosters oh. from the wing. Oh, my God. Because he, 
you know, one thing about fullback, you've got greater involvement, you can, you, you can roam the field, but there's a lot of, um, and I, for use of a better term, meaningless running, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. Whereas on the wing, he had the ability to just stand there, then all of a sudden drift into the middle of the field. And what a handful. But it's just, a, it's, a great, it's a great coup for the Warriors. It's high time for the Warriors. They're, they're high times. They've, uh, they're, getting, they're getting full houses. They're having great results. Coach is going good, and now they've got RTS. Oh, mate, it's absolutely... And, all, and like, I think fullbacks today, unless your name's Latrell Mitchell, you basically have to guarantee 200-plus metres a game. Yeah. And at the moment, do you want RTS putting his body through that? Yeah. Whereas Chance, he'll give you 200 metres a game. He'll get you the metres coming out of your good, good ball. So why don't you just bring in RTS for your strike? I absolutely love the signing. Mm. I'll show you what, like, Andrew Webster... He must have yeah. some kind of pull to be yeah, able to convince RTS. Well done, Webber. Well done, Webby. <laughs> Just battling away. No, you're doing your very oh, look, best. Look, mate, it's all about, look, the, the players deserve some credit. Um, <laughs> do, are the Warriors a lock for the um, eight, do you reckon? Just, I know it's early days, but I mean... Webby, the middle season has always been a little bit problematic for them. Yeah. But, yeah, I, th- I think... Um, it feels different this year to other... It does. ...to previous seasons. There's just... Because oftentimes with the Warriors, when you've seen them in the last last decade, is they're either on or they're not. You know, the difference between, as they say, their best and their worst was was vast. Where these days you can just see that there's nothing nothing frivolous about the way they're playing their football. It's built on ball retention, high energy defence. So you'd think they would. It had to be a lot go wrong not I, to play finals. I, I just think with the Warriors, I'm. You know, I always have it on my face. Last week, I thought the Cowboys would turn up, and they yeah. did. The Warriors get the job done. The only concern with the Warriors is when the gears start to go up, when people start to get stressed out about making the eight, do they have that extra gear in them this year? Yeah. I'm not sure, because at the moment, Roosters are still outside the eight. Um, uh, Eels are still outside the eight. Um, so they're, they're two teams. Raiders are still outside the eight. You know yeah. what I mean? There are teams with totally gears in them. I agree. And, and the thing about it is, Kempe, you're right, it's holding your nerve at the really important parts of the year because, I mean, if the rugby league season was an 80-minute game, we're at the 10, you know, 10th minute mark. Mm. There's not a lot of pressure on. Yeah. You know, you're accumulating points. The pressure you know, will start to come at the back end of the year when you, there'll, there'll be games that they absolutely need to win. Yeah, absolutely. So they get it done. Uh, now, pretty soon, Webby, we're going to talk about the Jack Whiten situation, plenty going on in and around Jack. But look, guys, it is a camping theme uh, today. We're out here, as I said before, Rose Hill Gardens for the Caravan Camping Expo. So it's time for Search and Enjoy. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Yes, and uh, we're out here, as I said before, at the uh, the Camping Expo, and we are joined uh, from Nick Blanche from Jayco. Blanche, how you doing? Yeah, well, boys, it's, uh, it's it's good to be here. Doing the old trip down the F3 freeway, the stop at the Twin Servos yesterday afternoon, and then straight to the pub. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just, I didn't uh, even see the footage. Well, let's just put it let's put it out there straight away, for, you know, let people know transparency is a fatuation of mine. You're an alco, Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, doing, you're doing very good. Uh, it's great to see you here, though, mate. Hey, hey, this is this is awesome. It is. Hey, and you're sitting uh, right in front of what they call the 2023 brand new model Silverline. Now, this is. 
Oh, this is creme de la creme. Yeah, Webby was saying the toilet's so roomy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be changing the uh, changing the blue liquid in that a bit later on. Should I, I have liquid everywhere. Should I have flushed? Uh, <laughs> no, don't worry about it. It's a good How joke. How much is the silver line? Uh, well, 1.5 mil. Uh, and you can drive it away. No, no, not really. No, it's, uh, it's much cheaper than that. But, um, no, it's really, it's, it's lovely. It's got an ensuite, and that's what, that's a wife's yeah. love, the ensuite. So you don't have to go and use the, the amenities and get the... Tinnier and uh, yeah, yeah, oh, that's that's nice. good. yeah, that's right. Wear the thongs in the showers, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Stare at other people nude. No, thanks. No, they've got <laughs> the cubicles these days, Matthew. Yeah, but, uh, oh, sorry. Okay. I still leave the door open. But, yeah, uh, it's, it's all good. How many people are you anticipating here today? Uh, well, there's plenty, uh, oh, hundreds, thousands. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and that's the thing you come and you come and see what's available um, and know a lot of people are getting into the caravan market now. They yeah. have done over COVID because you couldn't go overseas, right? So the whole thing was that you travelled around Australia and you see all the see all the sites and and um, so everyone's been getting a caravan. But now it's like, oh, okay, well, I want the next one. I want yeah. the next one up. I want the silver one. Well, Blanche, you're a Newcastle boy. Yeah. Where's, where's your favourite holiday destination? Swansea. Uh, Swansea oh, Caribbean yeah, Park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the Hence, greats. Yes, yeah. That was the pokey room there. Not bad. No, no, no. Hey, a bit of your territory growing up, Fingal Bay. Yes. If you're getting around Port Stephens, that Fingal Bay, in the Lovely. kitty corner there, it's about the size waves that I can yes, catch. Mate, it was uh, Fingal Bay. That is, Port Stephens is my happy place. Yeah. Great destination. The Caravan Park, Bodoroo, 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 Better anyway, what? it doesn't matter. Finger Bay Caravan Park. Trying to think of the name. Has anyone got a detail? Trying to think of the name of the Caravan Park. <laughs> I only went there for 30 years, I can't remember. <laughs> Letting people know it's safe to go there because mum and dad sold the caravan. Okay, so uh, of course um, it was a Jayco, so it went for plenty of millions of dollars. Joey and I autographed it. So yeah, but mate, lots of great places. What about you, Webber? Where do you like to go? Were you a bit, of a, camping, a bit of a camping man back in the day? Uh, well, my dad's a brickie, so we used to, um, when we were in between houses and he was building a house, we lived in a caravan. Oh, did you? Yeah. Jeez, Great that, fun. That's comfy. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't recommend three, three kids and a yes. couple. Yes. My dad used to headbutt the... <laughs> in anger, that's and then he good. walked. Then he just walked up to the pub. That's a good insight. <laughs> but I tell you what, but they weren't like these things. Like these are incredible. They're incredible. Like I could live. I've lived in smaller, one yeah. studio apartments. Yeah, mate. It's uh, imagine what it was like. In we had the caravan, small caravan, small annex. There was mum and dad. Joey and I and our sister and our and our cat Phil, so it was. It's fair to say it was all happening. What about you, Kempi? You a camping guy, mate? Uh, absolutely. Well, yeah. Look, I have some great memories camping. Uh, Pottsville, we used to go to all the time. Oh, yeah, all the right family on. would go down there. Uh, and also, I recently went up to Sunshine Coast, and there's a beautiful little caravan park on the beach there. Went for a little jog. Uh, my missus actually has been pestering me. She wants me to take her across the country in one of these or even across Europe. So I oh, might have to sell some more merchandise and have a look at some. Mate, my, Trish is the same. She's, she's desperate to get a, uh, get a caravan, Blanche. Uh, the big question I have is, are there automatics in, you know, the drive? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's the hardest part. And the reversing. There's got to be a reversing yes. comp somewhere. And yep. uh, the, the hardest part about reversing is your wife, because she's at the back, and the hand signals, it's like trying to land a plane at some stage. Yeah, I've, I've got you. <laughs> we have a real reverse relationship. She does all the manly things. <laughs> like, for instance, like yesterday, she, you know, she was doing a bit of... Uh, doing uh, some bit of... Uh, mowing, uh, nailing stuff into the wall, moving a bit of furniture. I was doing the dishes, uh, grooming the pets, and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, um, how much, okay, what's the most popular 
say, range of uh, the Jayco caravans? I reckon the, the ones you see on the road at the moment are probably the Jayco Journeys because they're the family vans. So they've got, um, you know, mum and dad up the front, the kiddies down the back in the bunks. Mm. Um, I heard about late Phil yesterday. So you can even take the cat. Yeah. Um, rest in peace, Rest in peace, Phil. Yeah. Oh, did your cat a... die yesterday? No, uh, no, no, he died about... Oh, he just went missing about 40 years ago. Oh, God. Rest in peace, <laughs> I'll say. Him and Dusty, we had, uh, we had two pets, Phil. Because I told the story... Because I was slow as a wet week when I was a kid and still am today and right through my rugby league career. Dad said, mate, you better go across the Tech College there with a field, do some sprints. Well, bugger me, I'd go there every afternoon. Anyway, animals, creatures of habit. My chinchilla cat, Phil, started following me over there. When I was doing sprints, he would be alongside me and sprint right alongside me. So I would race my cat. Uh, <laughs> It did wonders for my career, I must say. And the other cat, Dusty, uh, he went he went missing first of all. Then Phil, God bless him, he went to uh, that place in uh, Pet Heaven. Anyway, Blanchy, yeah. mate, the nights uh, are going better. Yeah, we are going better. And uh, Kalen back this week, uh, playing his hundredth game, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and he's playing against the club that he debuted yeah. with. So. How's, how's everyone going up there? I mean, how's, how's our man Gary Harley oh, going? Mate, does anyone call the 1997 Grand Final better than Gary Harley? He went horse. He's, yes. he's gone so high that he's gone horse. He couldn't speak. Someone had to come in over the top because yeah. Borg has... I, I, he, I think he'd had too many pies. When, when he, uh, he used to play first grade cricket for Maitland back in the day, he was feel, fielding at square leg and he used to listen to the races while fielding. <laughs> anyway, one day, one day the ball got sk- skied and it was going right to him and they, and they started yelling, ah, the ball's coming out. And he's like, ran away with his arms out away from the ball. <laughs> <laughs> the man who ate Maitland. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, he was—he was—he was like a, a fast-moving, small, wing, skinny winger when he played at the Maitland Pumpkin Pickers. He did. Now he did. he's about 160 kilos. So for all those wingers out there, Joseph Swali'i, just make make sure you keep those K's up in the legs. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blanche, appreciate it, mate. No, we no, might get you on a little bit later on. I tell you what, we'll go for a wander around, see what the uh, sights have to bring, and. Have seen quite a few cats in prams, so yes, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's, That's all we're here for. <laughs> it's exactly right. Love cats and prams. Good yeah. on you, mate. We'll have a chat Thank later you boys. on in Thanks third hour, you. maybe the fourth. Okay, we'll take a break <laughs> and we'll talk about that game last night. And later on the show, our movie of the week this week is uh, after Battlefield Earth last week. Oh man, what a turd! Uh, sorry, no offence, uh, Webby. We know you got a bit of food poisoning this morning. Uh, Can you stop got... referring to my bowel movements on live radio, please? <laughs> Thank hey, you, hey, Webby. Yes. Now Bowel movements are in ratings, okay? <laughs> ratings means big revenue. Revenue means pay rises for us. Uh, yeah, we're going to do Chopper, Uncle Chop Chop, and Neville Bartos and whatnot. Oh, South Sydney 2018 over Penrith. What a great game of football. Extraordinary game. Penrith, a bit over four minutes to go. They were home, 18-10. South Sydney, two late tries. Latrell Mitchell, boys, how good. Incredible. Mate, Latrell Mitchell, it's it's so good to see, you know, we there's champion teams and then there's generational players. And yeah. sometimes you can go, okay, Penrith Panthers are this champion team. We haven't seen it in a while. Like, they're m- most dominant in the last X amount of years. But then Latrell goes, yeah, but there's levels to this. I come around mm. once in a lifetime. Let me show you what the next level is 14 tackle breaks two tries against the best defensive side we've seen in maybe 20 years so the genesis of this win <coughs> excuse me uh, happened in the preseason when they went down to Richmond a lot of the South staff I just talked to people at South Sydney this morning about it and when they went down there they had they, Richmond taught them 
um, or, or, or advise them that uh, the importance of focusing on a team that's really got under your skin. Yeah, right. And for South, that's been Penrith whether it's wow. in a grand final, preliminaries or whatever. So they really honed in on beating Penrith in this match, and they did. Well, that's a- After being down by eight points with seven to go. Like, that is such a big win, I reckon, for, for South Sydney and the rest of this season. And they can springboard off it. Well, that, that explains why last, they, they were up for it. Like, you just saw really on. My concerns last night going into the game about South was oftentimes, particularly if they're coming off dry games, um, day after, uh, afternoon football like they did against the Bulldogs, is that those two big wins, oftentimes they carry the back end of those contests into the next game, if that makes sense. Mm. And so I thought, right, are they, are defensively their head's going to be on, but they're, they're outstanding. Well that, well, that makes sense, Webby, because you know, that's, come, they played. that's one of the best games I've seen them play, coming off big Big victories. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And what I loved about, like, Trell's game is you saw there were moments where he just tucked the ball under and said, I just want to get physical. And I think that has been a bit missing in his game because we've been so bamboozled by this, oh, my God, he's a six-foot-four bloke that can throw a 20-metre cutout pass like it's Mm -hmm. nothing. And I just, it was almost like the old Trell was back. And he mixed the game. He mixed his Roosters game and his Rabbitohs game. And he just made that perfect mixture. You're right. If you were to sit down and say to somebody, someone says, give me 80 minutes. Give me a game which really typifies Latrell Mitchell. That's the game you chose. Because, as you said, some beautiful touches. I mean, they did that left-hand flick pass early in the game through traffic. What was that? That was just outrageous. And then you had all the power, just mm. tucking the ball, running those. Even little things like watching him, boys, like he'll get the ball and he'll throw that 20-metre pass to Cody through the middle of the field. Just the, just the way the ball pops out of his hands and rotates. It's just, and, and when he kicks a football, the ball doesn't bend. Yeah. He hits it so true. And even, even his defence. So the try, so I think it was Tungor on the edge there. They, they have an overlap, Penrith Panthers. Uh, one of the wingers jams in. Latrell Mitchell, usually, he's not that great at covering defence. If he's got one downfall as being a bigger body, he struggles with those kicks in behind and he struggles with cover defence. He gets across there and makes the tackle. It's almost similar to what Gutho does, where what they do is if the winger jams in, they, the fullback creates an extra man for the front defensive line. Yep. Latrell did that, and it's just like uh, Latrell with this attitude is a Dalian winner. Mm, I don't want to say it. New South Wales 5'8". <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about that a little bit later, Webby. Because Can you see where I'm coming from with it? Of course. Yeah, yeah I don't of course. It. I don't, I don't uh, it at all. Of course. In time. I'm just... Like, I, yeah. I'm just I just threw it out last week as a talking point. But, I mean, it, it wasn't without foundation. Bennett said it a couple of weeks ago. Like, he sees yeah. him playing 5'8". He played a lot of 5'8 as a junior. Like, maybe at some point yeah. he moves there. Like, a lot of the great fullbacks do. I mean, you alluded to there. It's been a week where a lot of players have come out and made statements about online trials and abuse they copped. Last yeah. week, you backed up Wayne and said that he'd make a great 5'8". And all of a sudden, all the, all the anonymous pseudonyms who are cowards decide to uh, jump in. Lucky I've got a thick skin. Can you I'm not very sensitive to criticism. But do you, <laughs> no, but, no, but what was that? He couldn't have me. But seriously, Webby, like boys, like Benny, Dennett, when a person jumps on these sites with, you know, Twitter or what, do I call them sites? I don't know. I'm being naive. But they're under a pseudonym. Right? Yes. You can't take, straight away, you can't take them serious. Like how, how do you sit on there and there's someone under a pseudonym who don't present their name who then wants to criticise people? Well, I mean, 
you're copying criticism off a coward. I, but I, when you're a journo, you, like, it's easy for people to get your um, email. I had yeah. people emailing me last Friday telling me to resign. <laughs> Wow. Because, I, because I, I just tossed up Latrell as a talking point at 5A. Oh, eight. mate. Honestly. So this is my last week at the Herald. <laughs> <laughs> well, just that's why you're going to buy a caravan exactly. and just go off into the distance. <laughs> Drive away. Yeah. Uh, boys, your I'm loving it moment brought to you by McDonald's. Tackle a Big Mac today via the Mac delivery app. What was your uh, I'm loving it moment? I love Cody Walker's enthusiasm. Cody Walker... Yeah, really had his head on last night. He was energised. And you can see Cody went into the game because going into the match, Jason Demetrio, the coach, said, mate, tonight he'll put his hand up, you know, basically saying, hey, don't forget about me as far as New South Wales is concerned. And that's how he played. That final try, Cody just came through and kept that going. That was well, beautiful. if you're going to, if you're going to, like, look, at the moment, we're going to discuss the New South Wales side a little later. And there's no doubt at the moment it's, it's Luai or it's Nico. Or the trail. But yeah, <laughs> yes. Latrell, uh, but if you're going to pick, if you, oh, you, there is there is a fair cool. bit to think about as far as Cody's concerned, whether that be 14 or in the six. And will he be picked in the six? I don't think he will. But you got Cookie there, and you got Latrell. If you're talking combinations, that's a pretty decent combination. Hasn't he come back to Cookie? Cookie, he's playing great footy this year, mate. That threat they have <laughs> through the middle with Cook, Murray, and you know, Cody floating around Latrell. That's what an immense threat that is. Penrith, boys. Hard to get... Geez, they're hard to get a read on. Yeah. I, I'm OK with Penrith because they didn't leak that many points. No. And I just think any team that doesn't leak many points, <coughs> they'll be fine. Mm. It's really one of those things where... Defence, as we always talk about, wins premierships. Yes. So the coughing in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about I've called to press the cough button? Is that the cough button? That's the cough button. So yeah. I, but I pressed it once like that. You no, that hold it. That's actually the ejector seat. <laughs> You've got to hold it down, don't you? Come back, cough. Come I just pressed it, then coughed. Don't um, worry. We'll, talk, we'll probably talk about this more in the origin chat we'll have a bit later on. But Stephen Crichton... He's put, his, he's put his hand oh, up again. He's was, put it up he wasn't again. good defensively, though. If you watch yeah, that game, okay. if you watch defensively, like attack-wise, fantastic yeah. three tries. But he actually missed like six tackles. He was pretty, yeah, not, not great in defense. Yeah. If you watch yeah. it. Can't do that in origin. Jeez, a lot of competition in the backs, isn't there? Unbelievable. In the back line. So much. Would you describe it as depth? <laughs> I would. All my Queensland. It's an embarrassment of riches. It's really. an embarrassment of riches. It really is. We could never lose. <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong? Luckily, Hugh uh... Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, uh, boys, got a text message through saying, boys, do you think the Queensland will definitely pick Caelan uh, Ponger at fullback for Queensland? I think if he can get through. The next couple of weeks, I think they will pick him there. But geez, it's, he, he'd be nervous going to this game against the Cowboys. Oh, my God. I think the whole of the rugby league community is nervous going into this game. I just... I pray to whatever God exists that he gets through this game and he continues to play footy, you know, for the rest of the year. But I just... It's not... I doesn't feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable right now with him playing when he's already had a... He had a longer break last year when he got yep. uh, head, had the head knock. He's had a shorter break this year. Look, I'm obviously the, the medical experts and everyone that knows way more about this than me uh, has cleared him. So it's yep. more just a vibe. It's more just me of a feeling of like, oh, I just don't want him to get head knocked too early or something bad happened to him. So mm. I think personally, if he plays every game from here to Origin, you absolutely pick yeah. him. You absolutely pick where, him. Have they indicated where he's going to defend? 
No, that's well, a big question. I, I, that is, is I'd, I'd be defending him. I'd be defending him in the centres. I would be. I'd be. I'd be pushing whether it be Bradman Besser inside. I, you just got a sparing defence because you you got to understand like defence. It's a little bit like you know. It's a bit like right, you know, becoming a uh, learning to surf or any skill. It's something that you learn very early on. And Kalen's always been—he's been a guy who hasn't, as a kid, you know, played most of his career has been at fullback yeah. and hasn't had to have that defensive responsibility. And it's just there are natural technique issues. Well, yeah. mate, I could speak for myself. Playing soccer my whole career, yep. tackling felt foreign to me. And obviously, I understand Kalen played fullback, so he did way more tackles than me. But it's so much so that I feel more natural with a soccer ball at my feet than a footy in my hand. Mm. Only because since I was five years old till I was 16, yeah, 17, right. and it's these motor skills and these just even like subconscious things of where to put your head or seeing how a player's running and how his hips are shaped, how he's, where his eyes are looking. These things you can't go, oh, we're going to practice this on the weekend. Watch where it's... No, you learn it over time. Yeah. Re- repetition of, of right. getting used to it's absolutely movement. It's, all, it's anticipation sometimes. Mm. When you're standing there and you've got a big guy running at you, particularly with footwork, mm. and these days they're all such oh, good athletes, mate. is that you've got to make a decision in like a quarter of a second. Where you put your shoulder, when you drop, all those, all, all those issues, where you place your head. Uh, well, we just like hope he gets through. It's, it's funny, it's, Hammy, you talk to all these coaches at the moment and they'll all privately say that well Jason Demetrio said it to me on the record a few weeks ago but other coaches too they just say that the tackle technique has gone out the window that's why so many players are getting concussed just quickly though we always talk about in attack instinct instinct oh instinct like Joey's instinct was just beautiful we never talk about instinct in defence defensive instinct it's true Good point, Dan. Thanks, mate. And well, uh, and well, well made, too. Yes, it is. Okay, Webby, you've called for a break. You're going to go off to the toilet. Uh, good luck. And when you come back, we'll be waiting. It's time for Webster. There it is. Meow. Cats in prams. We're here at the Caravan and Camping Super Show at Rose Hill Gardens. Uh, mate, it's fantastic here. People are starting to uh, starting to come in. It's always really good vibe, good atmosphere, some brilliant caravans. But it's time for Webster. There we go. We've got a Central Coast Mariners fan. How you going, mate? You going good? What do you got your eye on? I'm talking about the caravans. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Webby, there's yes. been a lot going on in the world of Jack Whiten. There is. So there could be a deal done today. There could be a deal done today. Um, uh, Souths aren't as confident as others are about him possibly doing a four-year deal worth $3.4 million, maybe just even a little bit less than that. Mm. But it seems like... Jack Whiten is pretty close to walking out on the Canberra Raiders. He's got a player option for next year. They've offered him 4.4 over four years. The fact that he would possibly entertain a deal at South Sydney for a million less mm. says a lot to me. It says a lot. Not mm. so much about, about um, what it means for Canberra or any you know any drama with um, with Canberra or Ricky Stewart. It just suggests to me that he is ready for a change. And he's very close to Latrell, very yes. close to Cody. And after watching South Sydney last night and thinking of how Jack yeah. White fits into that team. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, the thing about next it is... next year, that's pretty, pretty uh, intimidating. He hasn't come out and said it, but people have come out on his behalf, if you, if you will, mm. and said, 
you know, one of the things Jack's after, he, he wants to win a premiership. I mean, who doesn't? But if he doesn't, like, if he leaves his hometown club in the Raiders and he goes, say, to the Dolphins, all respect to the Dolphins, like they, in my opinion, they're not going to win a comp for the next couple of years, then that sort of undermines that argument. You would think if the motive is to win a competition, then there's no doubt that he ends up in signs with South Sydney. Yeah. I, th- I know the, the, the Dolphins were reluctant to go to four years, and that was the big trump that the Canberra had because they'd offer him a four-year deal. I don't think they were overly keen to, to go any further because of his age, no, not because of his ability, but mm. to, to offer four years. But I think they were prepared to do that to, to retain him. But if South had come up with... A, a, a deal of the similar of similar terms, even if it is significantly less. Mm. Yeah, uh, South the South types I spoke to this morning weren't weren't didn't feel like it was over the line yet, but they were confident. Yeah, so it should be an interesting day. It's just uh, because when he came out and he said, "I really want to win a premiership," in regards to he's deciding to not play Origin anymore. It really did open up the door of, okay, we've got a clear insight into this bloke's mind. It's not just about money, which made me really concerned for the Raiders. Whereas initially, I thought it was just, look, this is negotiation. It's getting a bit more cash out of the Raiders. Yep. And then when you look at, okay, across the board of, of clubs that can win a comp in the next couple of years, there's really only... So, unfortunately, and I, no disrespect, but Raiders need to recruit one or two players to be a premiership threat, in my opinion. Yep. You got the Eels, but I don't think the Eels would, a, would have the cap space even close to to be able to fit him in. And then you've got the Rabbitohs, who were in a grand final two years ago and were you know one pass away from doing it. Plus his relationship, it all kind of makes sense. And I, I I don't mind the length of the deal because I know he's a bit older, but just you just move him further into the middle and you yeah. just go, mate, give that's, him twenty minutes of your best. Yeah, and that's that that's the one thing about South. I I look at Jack. And I think Jack's at the point of his career where I would be moving into the middle. I'd seem like how I'd... People said to me, where do you think he would fit? I'd looked at the Sharks and I said, well, the Sharks, you know, possibility to play through the middle at the Sharks. You've got Nico there, but him operating as a six or a lightweight, fast-moving 13, which is all the rage at the moment. Uh, But at South Sydney, at the moment... um, He'll play if it was. He arrives there. He, probably first and foremost, he's looking at being a, a centre. Um, and you, well, because you move Tass to, to wing, yeah. Because they've got Tane Milne and Thompson, Thompson that have been rotating. So it's not like they got locked position. Tash has been yeah. really good. You put White in the yeah. centres, and then as as time goes on, what you what do you do? You're rotating with Cam Murray because Cam Murray has a mountain of work every week. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you've got more longevity of Cam Murray. Plus, he's at the back end of his career, so you just get into the tough stuff. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that combination with White and Latrell oh and Cody? Oh man! Like that's <laughs> yeah. Like it's almost it puts him in premiership favoritism. Really, my yep. my concern is what it means for Canberra. I was about to say to you. Okay, so Canberra. One one positive for Canberra is they've got a hell of a lot of money to spend. But you go, okay, who's their player? Who's off? Yeah. There's not many half, not many halves that are off at the moment. No. Unfortunately, Papali'i, who is the main guy, is getting on in age and he's passing the mantle to Tarpanev. But, you know, when you look in their outside backs, they're quite young. Croker in his last or so year. And, and so you go, OK, well, what's the pulling power? How do I get a premiership winning half or fullback? Even Savage, he's early in his career at fullback. Mm. They don't have a nine sorted. They keep swapping between stuff. Like, there's so many questions at the Raiders at the moment. Great forward pack, some good young outside backs, but they're just a, a tier away from mm. competing for a premiership. Yep. Then you lose Jackie Whiten. 
and all of a sudden you go, I don't even think they've got an origin player outside of maybe Papali'i. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very tough. Um, what do you think? The, the favourites are South Sydney. Do you, yeah. do you think your gut feel, deal will get done today? Oh, look, I wasn't... I had the feeling a few days ago that he was going to stay at Canberra. I think yeah. Canberra were pretty confident too because it seemed like their main... Their main... Um, their main uh, worry was was the Dolphins, but mm. but they weren't prepared to go to four, as I said. So, yeah. but but it just seems, as you were saying, Beak, it just seems likely that it just seems to fit perfectly for him to go to South. Now, on a different note, uh, our man Gus, he's putting a few noses out of joint in club oh, land. He's, uh, <laughs> he's got a few uh, few people offside. Yeah. So a report uh, was raised by the Herald at the start of this week by my colleague Michael Chamis. I said, mate. It's, uh, it's like walking on fire <laughs> to, to, uh, to suggest that Gus might be getting uh, clubs offside by talking about various issues. But when he talked about um, the hip drop on, uh, oh, what's his name? Preston. Jake, yeah, Jacob Preston the other day, that really got up their noses. There's been, I think it's been noticeable that Gus has been very, very vocal about a whole range of issues in the NRL at the moment. And I reckon a big part of that is that he's pretty angry with head office over not getting salary cap relief for Josh Jackson. Joss Jackson. Josh Jackson. Jacko. Yeah, yeah. Jacko, yeah. He's, he's, on, yeah. he's on the he's on the cap for two hundred even though he retired last year. That's the rule that they have where it's you know to stop people from back ending contracts and letting letting uh, players go into retirement early. Um, it's got to go on your cap to some point, but Gus wants uh, salary cap relief for that. And the NRL have rejected it many, many times. And I think it's pretty obvious by the way that Gus has been taking the NRL to task with a big bat and hitting them over <laughs> yes. the head repeatedly. Yeah. Um, like De Niro in Untouchables. That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, do you think, is there, a, I know everyone's got a conflict of interest in this game. Does he. Does he I, overstep the line, do you think? Possibly, but would I do it if I was in Gus's position? I've got that voice. Yes, I would. You know what I mean? Like, you use any advantage you got. And at the end of the day, if if you're employed by a media agency, I mean, it, it doesn't suit a lot of clubs, but Gus is in a position he can do it. And, I mean, would other clubs do it? I would dare say they would. They yeah. probably just don't. It, it happens all across the game. No one just has the... I was, yeah. Yeah, I was the voice and gravitas. That yeah. When I first came Old into to footy, I was a bit surprised at the fact that there were people that worked in high positions, in key positions at clubs, all across the board doing media work. Yeah. And so coming in was a bit new to me. But the standard has been set. So I guess you can't mm. single out Gus and go, yeah. well, hang on a sec. Yes. You're the only... You no, know, it's like, hang on a sec. There's 10 people that work yeah. at clubs. Well, that's talk. right. you got, you know... I mean, look. Brandy's at the, the yeah. Panthers. You've got people who are... You've got Cooper, who does coaching yeah. at... You know, you've got Mick, who's involved with the show. Billy's the Queensland coach. I like mean, it, all across the board. Yeah, yeah, well, the yeah. big one at the moment is Braith. Well, that's right. But yes. see, I don't... I've got no issue with Braith being in that role. The standard's no. been set. It's the, like, but... You know, last year when he was talking about Cameron Munster, he was going, oh, that's a conflict of interest. He's trying to yeah. inflate his, yeah. his client's price. And it's like, well, he um, did. it's yeah. like, it's, it's Cameron Munster. You he, don't have to inflate his price. He's the Australian yeah. 5'8". And he doesn't, hide, he doesn't hide the fact either. Yeah. That's the no, thing about it. It's not as he's doing Yeah, Braith is just very honest. Also, like, you don't think Braith could reach out to certain people if he really wanted to inflate Munster's price? He could yeah. get, or give someone to, yeah. oh, could you just talk about Munster? Yeah. It, as I said, there's so many people in the game that have jobs in clubs. To single out yeah. Gus, it's kind of like, well, yeah. hang on a sec. Then you've got to speak right. about 20 different blokes. We'll take a break. After the break, we're going to talk about State of Origin. 
Yes, uh, welcome back to Morning Glory. A little bit later in the show, we've got uh, Chopper for our movie of the week. But uh, I wrote today about the uh, silly season, which is upon us every year. New South Wales selection time always is problematic for us. There, there are core players, no doubt, that are always guaranteed of selection. But for most part, for a lot of players, possible distraction, fair bit of uncertainty. Uh, Jack Whiten has said basically, no mass, he's over the soap opera. And it was broke last week by none other than the eighth immortal. <laughs> Uh, my centres, Whiten and Campbell Graham. Jack Whiten's retired from rep footy. What? No. I'm sure I heard him say that. I'm sure Canberra put out a memo saying that Jack Whiten has retired from was rep that, footy. Was that? Oh, I didn't wow. know that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, so that was a conversation between Brad Fittler and Andrew Jones. Not a memo. And Joey, yeah. A memo. And then he, uh, well, so memo from Nemo. That's his, his memory. That, uh, who said it? Well, it was Freddie. The, uh, Not a press release. Not a memo. Jack has come out. He's been very classy. He said, look, I've got all the respect in the world for Freddie. I love Freddie. But there's no doubt that... The circus at the end of last year and all the dialogue when he was left out of the back end of the series, it had to have a fair bit to do with it. You reckon? I think it must have. Well, I think it must have left, us, left a sour taste. I just... Oh, it's so hard to say, oh, well, you know, it had something to do with it because Jackie's been, you know, quite clear, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I love Freddie. It had nothing to do with it. But you do have to wonder, you know, if he was selected and there was no drama around it, would he, would he have had the almost felt obligated to continue playing for mm. New South Wales because the fact that, you know, Freddie keeps sticking with him. Yeah. And I, but I feel it's a bit harsh on Freddie, though, because Freddie was the one that stuck with him initially when no one thought he was an origin player. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So I don't, yeah, mate, it's... it's it was very... You're right. It was very classy the way that he... He did. He went yeah. got on the front foot and did all, yeah. the, all, the, all the interviews with yeah. all the newspapers and, and said, look, it's, it's, this whole thing that I've fallen out with Freddie isn't, isn't the case. Uh, I thought the, it was really strong from him. The yeah. thing at the moment, who plays six? Tricky because you know, Nathan has got the combination with uh, Jerome, but the bloke who's firing at the moment is Nico Hines. If I pick it tomorrow, I go Nico. What do you think, boys? Oh, I just think I'd go with the combination for the mm. first game. No. I just think the, the, message, combination. the message it sends by sticking with Luai is a, a message of loyalty and strength. You give him the first game, you put Nico on the bench at 14... See how he goes, and then you make changes. I think there. I think incumbency is important, but only when you win. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I've said it. I, look, well said, <laughs> Matt. You've nailed, we'll take, you've nailed it. We'll take a break. Uh, after we're going to have a quick chat about the uh, Champions League semi-finals. And the Champions League semi-finals, uh, well, they have been decided. Manchester City will take on Real Madrid and uh, the Serie A derby. What a game this will be. Um, AC Milan versus Inter Milan. Uh, Alex, I tell you, a couple of great semi-finals. Looking forward to them, Matty. Uh, Manchester City obviously knocked out by Real Madrid at this stage last year. And it's the 20-year anniversary of the only other time AC and Inter met in a semi-final. Of course, they both play out of the same stadium. And ironically... AC Milan went through to the final in 2003 on away goals. I tell you, they've done well because um, Syria. I mean, who would have thought, Alex? You know, 25 years ago, that Syria would be a second-tier league, mm. um, and maybe that's a little bit rough. But compared to England and, and Spain, it, it is exactly right. They haven't had the same money that the Premier League have, and uh, it's been a great effort. Napoli have obviously had a great year as well in the league, so it's the revival yeah. of Syria. What we'll do, we're going to take a break. After the break, we're going to come back, talk about some of the big rugby league stories, including uh, Sammy Walker.
Yes, welcome back to uh, Morning Glory. A little bit later on, we've got 10 minutes smoking camp, but uh, some really, some big rugby league stories. Firstly, uh, the Anzac Day game between the Roosters and the Dragons. Angus Crichton returns, which is great news that he's back so quickly. Uh, boys, but the big one is Sammy Walker has been uh, dropped. The partnership between him and Kiri hasn't been working out. It hasn't quite gelled, hasn't reached its potential. And so he's made the decision, Trent Robbo, to move Manu uh, into the sixth jersey. It worked last year. It really straightened him up. feel sorry for Sammy. Um, yeah, it's... it's Talking about it, boys, you know, he had a decision to make. Do I drop Sam? Do I drop Luke? I, I, as tough as it is on Sam, I think he created less headlines being Sam <laughs> because he's a young player. Yes. You know, go back and, you know, learn the game. He's got plenty of tomorrows left. If it had been Kiri who'd been dropped, people would be starting to eulogise the career, so to speak. It just would have happened. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm torn on this one. I'm really, really torn because... It's it's a tr it's becoming a trend. It's not a trend yet, but so Kronk gets you back-to-back -back premierships. You bring in Flanagan, you mm -hmm. come fourth or fifth. Then okay, it's his fault. You move him on, and then you get in Sam Walker. Incredible talent. Everyone can see the talent. Now all of a sudden, now I'm not saying that he's getting moved on, but now the blame is looks like anyway externally. It looks like he's the reason. Before the premierships, Mitchell Pearce moved on, and maybe it's a I guess it's a they clearly know what they're doing because they're winning comps. I just thought it was a bit rough. I think they're playing the Dragons this week and it's a, almost like a win-win situation because with Sam or without Sam, they could go and put on a cricket score against Dragons if they play well. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if they go out and beat the Dragons really well, everyone's going to say, oh, what a genius move. And it's like, well, I feel like they could have done that with Sam Walker as well. On mm. top of that, sorry, just quickly. Yeah. Yeah. They went on a run last year, and if it wasn't for the brain explosions against the Rabbitohs, I think they're in a grand final. Sam Walker was a big part of that. So yeah. I just, I don't know, I'm, I'm torn. I, I understand where they're coming yeah. from, for sure. I'm it's, just a bit torn. It's very interesting. Talking to Michael Maguire about it, mm. and I asked him about playing Manu in the centres, and Madge, you know, Madge has coached Manu in the Kiwi side. He just says, he said to me, he said, no, nah, makes no sense. He said he has to be, Manu has to be in the middle in... in one way, shape, or form. Right. It's a big. It's a. It is. I reckon it's a, a monumental call. Mm. I mean, particularly for a game like this, the big Anzac Day clash. Like, yep. I'm really interested to see. He's such a lovely kid, Sam. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Um, and look, and it's different. With Flanagan was more was was less to do with um, ability and more to do with how he fitted into that team. But we're hearing whispers that. Sam Walker and... Look, I think there's always been a bit of tension there underneath the surface where Sam's frustrated because he just plays like his, his, his uh, father and uncle, you know, wanted yes. him to play. Yes. Um, it's, it's interesting. But, but I wanted to ask you, Matty, yeah. as the expert, like, is it, is it... Come on. But I mean, <laughs> but is he, but is he playing... It's only because Joey's on here. Oh, that's fine. Wow. No, God, is it... Is God it, doesn't give you everything. <laughs> Listen to his commentary. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. what if we've gone down a hole here, haven't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but do you think he pl it looks like he's, he's, he's restricted? Oh, without a doubt. Right. And, and there's a reason for that. Like Webby, and I said this on the show last night. What happens is when you're a young player and you and you're given a football education of sorts, is that you feel actually restricted. Like your natural game, they're saying, no, no, we're trying to. They, they take certain edges off you, 
and say, right, you know, don't do this, do that. And I remember when I was a young player, you're sitting there going, what, why are they restricting me? But it's part of the education. There's no... I'll summarise it in saying this. When Michael Jordan was at North Carolina at college, they used to say the only person that can stop Michael Jordan scoring 30 points every game is Coach Dean Smith. Because Smith said, now I'm going to educate you on the proper way to play, which frustrated the hell out of Jordan. Happened later with when they did the triangle offense with the Chicago Bulls. But for Sam, this is a little step back, but it's, uh, it is part of the education. What, what I like, what I, my advice to Sam would be, you're going back now, you're going to have, here's an opportunity out of the high pressure environment, out of the spotlight to just go and work on different aspects of your game. The football education, it's like this is how it works. You find it restrictive. You, you're sort of fighting with it all the time to play your natural game. But suddenly when the penny drops, right, when the penny drops, it, it, it just it broadens your career. It gives you the ability to play your natural game, jump in, a, jump in, a, in and out of structure as you like. For the long term, what, the pain that he's going through at the moment, Sam, will be worth it in the long run. I think even even from a winger's perspective, just a, a quick example, there'd be so many kick returns where I would go, oh man, I would love to try and gas him on the outside. That's my that's my forte. Mm. The amount of times Wayne would say, I would rather you lose five metres and get to the middle of the field so our sets are in the middle of the field. And he, so even wingers get their wings clipped. Mm. Uh, also, uh, a really interesting, I guess, comparison, I think, is a guy like Cody Walker. Cody Walker is just as, if not more, instinctive, if not more, you know, with the ball playing, soft hands. And he has managed perfectly knowing when to step into structure yeah. and knowing when to but, make those big but plays. But you know, Dennis, but ha have it, let's have a look at when Cody established himself yeah. as a first-grade player. It yeah. wasn't until his mid-20s. Yep. Now, that was Cody... That was Cody, in my opinion, at other clubs wrestling with his natural game mm. and trying to be an NRL playmaker, mm. which are there's you know, two different things. And now what you see exactly as you said, you're seeing Cody, who as he's got older, even now, you see him add to his game. You see him being better and better at playing, you know, getting up and pushing support and other times sitting back and building sequences. Yep. Do you reckon they're two, him and it's been said a bit this week, that Walker and Keery are too similar? Uh, the way they were playing, uh, the way they were playing, it, it was happening like that. I'm always a big belief that a seven and a six to split the field down the, down the middle and say, right, oh, your right side, your left side, I think that's, you know, that sort of siloing is problematic. And I think with the Roosters, it's led to skimming across the defence two sideways. Like the worst thing, like we always played, when we at Newcastle, you know, Joey would be the number one shot caller until he needed a rest. He'd say, mate, you run this set of six and things like that. That's how it would work. And the other person would sit back and react. It was only later on that I'd go to other clubs. I remember being a Wigan, Wigan with Lammy, and Lammy was used to right side, left side. And I'd be running a set going, right, take it across, take it across. Right, take another one to the far post. Lammy go, mate, stay on your side of the field. You know, it led to, it, in my opinion, that style of football leads to less continuity. But they weren't, in a football they, side. Remember at the start of last year, they weren't playing like that. No. They weren't playing left and right. 
And then I think Kiri had issues with concussions and they were in and out and they sort of lost. Well, but, they, also but I remember talking to Robinson about it. He said he was really excited about him playing like an old traditional, you know, half and five eighth where yeah. they didn't where they didn't play left and right. That takes a long time to bed that down. Yeah. Yeah, you know, as far yeah, as right. combinations concerned. It's uh it's I think as well the one thing that they're missing is that if you're gonna have a, a seven to steer the ship, you've got to have a really, really good kicking game in today's like you know, in today's game, especially, you know, Nathan Cleary is the is the pinnacle. You've got Cooper Cronk when they was at the Roosters. I think another good story that I, I had Jonathan Thurston on the podcast last week, and he said that he got to Origin and he, he was just, his head was off. He was running, he didn't know what was going on, and he, he didn't, he just was almost overawed. And we, we know Thurston how overcompetitive he is. And he reckons Lockyer pulled him aside and he said, listen, mate, I need, me and Smithy need you to get us around the park and when I want the ball, you get me the ball. Give it to me. And so I think that's something that maybe Sam, Sam either needs to develop into that or mm. he needs to say, maybe I am a six. Maybe I am just going to be the guy that gets the ball in attacking. I've got to say I'm excited. I'm looking forward to, to Tuesday. To yeah, see how Manu and, yeah, how Manu and, and Kiri combine. If you go back to 2017 when the Melbourne Storm won that competition so convincingly. Yeah. What they had there, what was crucial in that side is you had Kronk, Kronk running the whole field and they effectively had two fullbacks. And I think in a lot of ways it changed the game. You had Billy, of course, natural fullback, and you had Munster at six. So you had two halves that were so different, halves that were totally contrasting. You had the runner and the penetrator in, uh, in Munster and you had Kronk that would, would run the field. Just on that note, boys, on a different note there, Burton to seven. Flanagan to six with the Bulldogs. Now, Cam Seraldo has come out and said, I want Burton to own this team. He's encouraging him to take the next step up in his career. It'll be really interesting in this because at the start of the year when we saw him try to play like a traditional playmaker, he really tied himself in knots. I don't like it. I don't like it. I, you know, it's Thanks, like... Pauline. <laughs> Don't you? I, well, I just I see Burton as a similar to a Munster player. You know, he won a Dallium as a centre. That's yeah. ball running. That's uh, you know, that's in attacking good sets. That's that's scoring tries and and I just think seven. It's this extra weight mm. that may not ne be necessary. And I also you know, does Flanagan have the pizzazz to be a six? Look. I'll say, if they kill it this week, I'll put my hand up and say, boom, got it wrong. But I just don't know whether it's the right call. You know what it says to me? It just shows you how much they have been, they can't find a an organising half. Yeah. They've been looking for one for so long, the Bulldogs. Mm. Like, I'm trying to think, when was their last decent so organising half? So the, so Brett what's Sherwin. 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 Yes. When are they? Shifty. Mm. Was how was their half back when they... Uh, Won the comp? Oh, and when they no, when they made the when they made the semis. Uh, was oh, when they made the grand final. Sorry, Reno and Hodgkins. What's interesting? But they were solid, right? But like that's solid. Yeah, and they, but they've been they haven't been able to find a organising halfback. Since. So they've yeah. got a guy called Carl Opalupo. Uh, yeah. Now he's yep. in reserve grade, but the only thing is, is like he's being, I guess, anointed as the next guy. But he's a big running kind of six. Now yep. apparently he's been playing seven. He's been killing it. Tries to everywhere, and so. I think that they're banking on rather than going into the market. Yeah. Because the, uh, the the yarn was that, you know, Moses and, and the Doggers had talked and Gus Gould said, no, we're going to bank on our youth. So maybe we I, see... I'm Olo telling you soon. now, they are. That's who they're banking on. Yeah, because he's I think man. he's been pulled out of the New South Wales Cup this week. Yeah, right. Okay. So should we, should In another note, boys, Payne Hass has been targeted by the Wallabies. Huge deal. This is where, I mean, at the moment, 
Eddie's smart, Eddie Jones. This is how they're getting their publicity. Mm. Yeah. Is yep. by targeting rugby league players. Where would Payne... There's talk that they would look at him as a centre. I mean, <laughs> come on. Come I on. I, I was but thinking about this played? last night. Where, where's he going to play? But like he's, if, it's a, if, he, if, he's get, if he, he can play like, centre, so can I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if he, plays, like, if he plays in the pack, like, that is a really specialist role. Yeah, To is. play in the pack in rugby union. Like, if you haven't played it... At length as a junior, um, yeah. it's hard. It's hard to do, but I loved. I loved how Peter Valandis came out and said, "We're not going to give them any free by publicity by talking about it." And then he gave Peter Bedell about four hundred words of quotes. You look at all the positions. But you look at prop. You look at second row. You look yeah. at your flankers. I just don't know Sam, where you put him. And Sam, he's never yeah. played. He's never played rugby. Sam told me. We said when he was a Bath, he said. They got there, they were playing London Irish one day, and he said there was a ball on the ground, and they're all sort of you know, in a ruck. And Sam said, I looked at it, and I just jumped down and pretended like it, that I was, you know, getting yeah. involved. And he said, The London Irish player grabbed him at the next break and went, You've got no idea what you're doing. And he said, No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was, uh, I went to Union for a little bit, terrible stint. Did you? <laughs> I was, um, I was so bored that I was going into rocks and taking scoots because I was like, I just can't do this anymore. I my, can't sit out in the wings. My mate Brian Carney went there. He played at Munster when they won the European title. And he said, at times, he said, in the European winter playing playing rugby, he said, I'd be on the wing and just standing there looking at my opposition winger. We're just looking at each other. <laughs> and he said, I would be sometimes so unfulfilled during the game. He said, I'd go in... He said, I wouldn't shower. I'd just throw my training gear on, go and do a fitness session. Yeah. He said, you just... What, after the game? After the game. So this, all this house talk, is, that just, is it just rugby union just throwing well, it out of there again? What, what I don't understand, like with the, the fact that he'd even consider now, Haas can go down as literally the greatest front row of all time. Yeah. You know, the Broncos, he has been a part of the rebuild into a premiership threat. We're not there yet, but we could be there in the next 12 months. He could be like Glenn Lazarus was when he came through and won premierships. Yep. On top of that, there are so many European clubs when he hits 28, 29 years old that will throw a million and a half at him if he wants to go and travel the world. Yep. I just don't see it happening. Mate, you, yeah, that's right. Payne's entering his peak years in rugby league. Oh. Don't, don't waste them. Don't waste them. Stay, baby. We'll take a break <laughs> after the break movie of the week. Yes, uh, we're coming to you from the uh, Camping and Caravan Super Expo here at uh, Rose Hill Gardens. Uh, set your sights on adventure with Jayco. Discover the best of Australia with Jayco. Uh, but it is time for Movie of the Week. <laughs> Today is one of the really great Australian films. It received uh, international attention and really launched Eric Banner as a movie star. It is Chopper. Hey, Neville. Neville. Yeah? I hear you want to give me a bit of money. Where'd you hear that, mate? It's just the mail. I can collect it now if you like. I don't think someone's pulling your leg, mate. Someone's pulling your leg, Neville. Who do you think you're talking to, mate? Eh? Hey, who do you think you're talking to? I'm Neville Bardos. You remember that? Sorry. Go I don't know who you think you're talking to, mate, but you're being very rude, do you understand? Show me some respect, will you? Oh. Very, very rude. Yeah, Nev, I'm sorry. But seriously, Nev, like, how are you holding for cash? I'm, I'm a bit bloody broke. There's no cash here. Here, there's no cash, all right? <laughs> cash, no. Robbo? No cash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so oh, good. Liam good. Alexander, isn't this just a great film? 
Oh, Matty, I reckon it's up there as one of the great Aussie, Aussie films of all time. Obviously, it's a, an incredibly made, well-made crime film, but it's also really funny, as you just heard. I think most people remember it for the flawless performance from Eric Banner as Chopper Reed, uh, who's somehow both lovable and, and really terrifying in the movie, sometimes in the same scene. Webby, did you read the books? I did, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. They were fascinating. Yeah, incredible. I'm that... just trying to think what I can talk about. On is, it always, but is, it, is it always a little bit part fiction, part non-fiction? Oh, yeah, well, the, the, I think, I think no. the closing scene in the movie, Liam, says it all. Yeah, exactly. I think the movie sort of, and I think Andrew Dominic, the director behind it, sort of understood that Chopper was uh, embellishing certain parts of his life in the book. So I think he definitely leans into that in the way he made the movie. We had Chopper come into Triple M for an interview, and um, he came in and he put his the headphones on, and he was talking to the microphone. He's going, "Mate, is this thing on?" Bub, 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 bub. Mate, <laughs> what are you doing? You got me a faulty microphone. No, no, it's working, Chop. Bub, 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 bub. This is bloody. This bloody thing's not working. This effing thing's up. Bub, bub, bub. No one had the guts to say, "Chopper, you've got no ears." <laughs> <laughs> Liam, the people, people that haven't God. seen it, the plot of the film. Yes. Um infamous criminal and best-selling author Chopper Reed. He's, he's a very interesting character. He said at one point during the film he's just an ordinary bloke who likes a bit of torture. So the film follows basically this 20-year period in Chop's life from his first in prison as a younger man and basically follows him to his release and then the eventual re-imprisonment uh, many years later. Yeah, the, the, one, the one little uh, story that I love coming out of this this movie is that when, uh, obviously, Eric Banner, to us, is Poiter. Yes. You know, that that's what he was known as, and this was his dramatic turn, um, was the fact that when this movie is shown overseas to people that know Eric Banner after this, they go, what? Is that, is that Eric there? Because he's the lovable Larry and Australian guy. Yeah. And they see him here, and they go, how the hell, hell. is that the guy that we know? Well, they spotted him... Um Brad Pitt spotted him in this movie and cast him in Troy. Yeah, right. right? And then he went into yeah, Black Hawk yeah. Down and stuff as Black well. Black Hawk Down, all yeah. those things. I think there's two movies, Liam, boys, that really, I think, depict Sydney and Melbourne well in the 80s, I think, perfectly. This one, Chopper, and as far as Sydney's concerned, Two Hands with yeah. Brian Brown and uh, Heath Ledger. Outstanding movie. This this was a, this was an instant classic. It was the movie you had to see Australian. Like you talk Crocodile Dundee, you talk as you said, Two Hands. You talk the Castle. Footy legends. If yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, fi- the final winter, I was going to put it in there. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, and then yep. this one, Chopper. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting. I would love to know Eric Banner because we've seen such a range from him. How many, how many times do you hear actors where they go into a really dark place to become the character that they are? Yep. And, you know, we've all, you know, been around people that pretend to be tough and then the people that are actually, you look into their eye and you go, there's some evil there. Eric Banner, when you saw and looked into his eye, there was evil there. And you just go, did he have to go into such a dark place it took a while to come out? Yeah. Or did, did he experience something as a kid? Mm. It's incredible. Liam, can you tell me, what, what was Chopper's reaction to the movie? I think Chopper loved the reaction to it. He, he, obviously, his books were doing pretty well, but the success of the movie, especially here in Australia, it, it sort of turned him into a best-selling author. Like he, he started writing children's books and going on radio shows, so he, he got a lot of exposure from this movie. And I think he sort of 
Oh, there's a good story, and he said, um, like during the his books, he was always against drug use, but in the movie, the the movie shows him as a casual drug user. So, in response, he sort of said, "You had you have to have tried something to be able to say you hate it." So I think he sort of the success of the movie made him reevaluate his his history essentially and change it for that. Liam, what what did the critics think of it? Did our man was our, did our man Rog watch it and have an opinion on the movie? Yeah, it was actually like Roger hasn't watched many or reviewed many Australian movies, but this is one of the ones he did. He gave it three out of four, and basically all the critics agreed that Banner's uh, performance was the thing you were watching it for, and he thought. Like, he, he put Banner's performance up there with uh, De Niro and Raging Bull. He said it, it had a quality that, that no school can really teach and few actors can match. And I think I agree with that. Like, Banner is just, like, it, it's such a transformative performance. The slow burn Aussie crime dramas, is that what we're best at in this country? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. You know why... Uh, Ben, is that when you look at us, when you study Australian history, they they say that post World War One, particularly in Sydney, they said post World One was basically Sydney was one of the most dangerous cities on earth. Mm-hmm. It was like men returning from the war, but you know it was. I mean, look, it, they were formative years of a penal colony. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. be honest here, yeah. and I think that has move forward into 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s, that's still that crime. I mean, you even talk about the 80s, right? Think about King's Cross in the 80s it, and how far it's been, how much has been gentrified now, Webby. Absolutely. And I, I reckon, um, like, all these, they're almost like celebrity criminals, like Chopper yeah. and Nettie, Nettie Smith, and they all made, you know, and and, uh, and Abba Henry and all these type of guys just made, you know, they were, they were notorious both in what they did, obviously, and also just their public persona. But, I like, Blue Murder was, like, I know it's not a movie, but it, that, that series was... Australia... That just showed you what Sydney was like in the in the 70s and 80s. Australia has a, the unique culture, one of the rare places in the world where people, and there's still a lot of them around now, where you know someone's a criminal, but you can't help but love them. If that makes yeah. sense, you know, like, there's we, so we, many we moving It's like a we Ned Kelly, a yeah. Ned yeah. Kelly vibe yes. to it. It's like a, a, a mythology around the, you know, uh, because we have the history of being the, you know, having yes. uh, prisoners being sent over here. It's almost like a connection to them to a degree. Well, rugby league even more accentuated. I mean, if you look at those Newtown sides oh, yeah. Yeah. back in in the seventies, I mean, the the thin blue line. Between the coppers and the crims, I mean, it was well. There's there's a guy <laughs> exactly. now. There's a guy now on Instagram. Um, his name's Spanion, and he is he's had a quite a, a history past in regards to crime and that. And he is loved on the internet now, absolutely loved. So you're right. Like we just have this tendency to gravitate towards them. Well, what, Liam, what about Neville Bartos? What did he think of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think Neville's a fan. I think he's still looking for he his cast. <laughs> uh, no, they like it, mate. They like uh, it. Yeah. Mark Medicare Reed. What about hey, Liam? <laughs> your favourite scene in the movie? Oh, uh, I think it's the one early on in the prison where his mate Jimmy he stabs him seven times, and, and yeah. Chopper's looking, <laughs> Chopper's looking at him like the look of disappointment. And he goes like, "Jimmy, if you keep stabbing me, you're going to kill me, right?" And he's not even conceiving that Jimmy's actually trying to murder him. Like it's such nice. a banner in that scene is so scary. 
Liam, it reminds me, I, there's the iconic rugby league cult figure, Terry Regan, who, of course, lived in our house for about six months uh, at Cessna when Dad coached him. And I remember seeing Rigo years and years later. We played a trial game at Griffith, and he was running a pub there. And it was a pretty rough pub. And he used to, he just carried a black texter with him. So when blokes would come up and just want to chat, he'd go, righto, mate, move along, or I'm going to draw on your new shirt. And he'd do it. He just And the bloke would go, <laughs> oh, what do you do? And he'd just draw on his shirt. And he'd go, what are you doing that for? Rigo goes, yeah, there's another one, mate. Move away. And I was just like, <laughs> it was like that scene out of Chopper. What is it? Uh, one, of, one of my teachers at school, Mr. Cooper, shout out to Mr. Cooper if you're listening, uh, he taught Chopper as a kid. Oh, stop. Uh, down, in, down in Melbourne, and he said that as a kid, he was this, obviously, he knew that, everyone knew that he was in for a life of crime. And apparently, he used to have these emotional outbursts so much that Mr. Cooper was the only guy that could get behind him, grab him, pull him to the ground, and just hold him until whatever was like going in he, going on in his head would would calm oh. and he'd be all right so they all went he like he used to tell us at high school and go we always knew the chopper was going to I taught him at school yeah. he was a good boy <laughs> um, Liam what we're going to do after the break we're going to we're going to have a discussion about uh, incredible performance the best performances depicting a real life person but your score out of 100 oh i'm giving no. it a 90 i think it's one of the great Aussie films yeah, I'm with you. Mate, I'm going 100. Yeah. It, 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 it is oh. so good. No cash. Mate, mate there's no cash here. <laughs> no. Cash? No. No. <laughs> 98. Yep. Yeah, 98. Why not? Right. Uh, we'll take a break and uh, <laughs> hang around a little bit later. 10 minutes smoking camp. Yes, uh, and coming up in about 10 minutes' time, we've got predictions of a rugby league halfwit. Uh, ben, uh, um, we got close a couple of times last week, but no Mate, cigar. Oh, don't worry. I've got some... Some yeah. doozies. i got the sharks. I bet you do. got the sharks over I the roosters. bet you do. Now, on the back of uh, Chopper and the incredible performance by Eric Banner, fellas, best performances depicting a real-life person, Liam. I'll lead off. Charlize Theron as Aileen uh, Warnos in Monster gained, I think, about 25 kilos. And Roger Ebert said one of the greatest performances in cinema history. Have you seen Monster? I have. Yes. Uh, yes. It's hard and to it's, watch. It is yeah. a tough I, watch. Yes. Not Monsters, Inc. Kids? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Monster. Liam, any standout for you? Uh, I think it's an obvious one, but similarly, it's a, one of the great performances. De Niro is Jake LaMotta. Um, oh, in racing oh, ball. Yes, I think yes. that, that scene, we've talked about it, that scene where he's stuck inside the, the prison cell once he's thrown in, uh, it's one of the best pieces of film acting, I think, that's ever put on, ever put on mm. screen. Webby? Uh, I, what about Joaquin Phoenix as Johnny Cash? Oh, oh yeah, I was going to say Johnny Cash. Yeah. Oh, well, you did. Yeah, well, I'm, I got in first. Uh, well, here you go. Uh, I liked that he won an Academy Award, best actor for this, old Forrest Whitaker. Oh. As the last king of Scotland, oh, Idi Amin. Yes, that is a, what a great a movie. Real, real misunderstood African dictator. Oh, <laughs> mate, I know. It, didn't that just follow the textbook of benevolent oh. dictators? Oh. My God, there was two. There's two that I really liked. Is um, the recent Batman movie? Um, oh, I'm out. Forget his name now. He's uh, was in True Detective, uh, in in Bruges. Anyway, oh, the other yeah. one, oh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Yeah. And then the other one was um, Christian Bale in Vice, Dick Cheney. Oh, yes. That Brilliant. was unbelievable, wasn't it? Oh, but, mate, Jamie Foxx is Ray Charles. Oh. I thought, uh, and sung all the songs yep. as well, Jamie Foxx. That's a great performance. Liam? 
Oh, I think Jesse Eisenberg's Mark Zuckerberg in The Social Network. That's one of, that's oh. one of the great movies of the, the 21st century, I reckon. Mm. Sandra Bullock uh, and Tui in Blindside. Yes. So she played that excellent. What about this one? Margot Robbie as Tonya Harding. Brilliant. Oh, that was brilliant. so good, that movie. Incredible. So good. Really so good. Incredible. Very dark. Russell Crowe as Maximus Aurelius. Oh, mate. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. He didn't like Russell Crowe. Uh, yeah, I just don't know if it's an, an accurate portrayal. Russell's a big admirer of this show. Luckily, he's I not just, uh, very sensitive I to just, criticism. Wow. I just don't know if, uh, if the Emperor of Rome would walk into the Colosseum to take on a gladiator. Oh, live a can little, I, Benny. Can I tell you, come don't, on, mate. I don't I, know, I know if it would it. have it. I know this is a diversion, but I once... Um, <laughs> I once... Uh, Russell didn't talk to me for years because I wrote, Russell Crowe <laughs> addressed the ARL commission yesterday. Thankfully, he spoke. He didn't sing. Oh. <laughs> oh. And he didn't like it at all. Oh. So, wow. so you're in trouble. You're ben, in trouble now. He doesn't uh, like Chris. Oh. No more Rabbitohs players. None. None. <laughs> No, not here. No, no cash. Um, Liam, I tell you, it's a good one. Gary Busey as Buddy Holly. The Buddy Holly movie. Yeah, go and check it out. Mate, should that be the movie of the week next week? Oh, jeez. That's, the buddy, that's mate, a deep cut. Is, he, is awesome. he still going? Is he still living? Yeah, he's not, he's not yeah, good. Gar- he's not, not good, great. Gary, Gary Busey. Not great. Um, I think there's been lots of issues, but anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, because we're talking about Chopper and Andrew Dominic, who directed it, uh, I know a film that Liam and I discuss weekly, The Assassination of Jesse James. Oh, um, yes. And Brad Pitt's portrayal of Jesse James in that mm. is outstanding. It's one of have my you, have you seen this, Matt? No. It's incredible. Oh, Matt. It's is incredible. That the one? Oh, Matt. Assassination of Jesse James by the Cow Robert Ford. One of the great movies. Really? Why don't we do that as our movie of the week next week? Oh, it's on. That's what we're doing. I know, I've just made Liam a very happy, happy oh, little boy. I can hear him <laughs> smiling. Uh, <laughs> Liam, any, you can put the button on it. Any others to finish? Um, I think the, one of the goats of acting, Daniel Day-Lewis, I think of him, I think of, when I think of Abraham Lincoln, I think of his performance yes. in that movie. He sort of yes. changed the way I look at that, that historical figure. And I'll tell you what, he was great in, in The Name of the Father as one of the oh. Guildford Four. Oh, that was... Oh, yeah. that was i got movie. one more. Brad Pitt, Achilles. Oh. One for one likeness. <laughs> Once again, I don't know oh. whether that's historically accurate. <laughs> that was real. That was I, real. Do, I don't know who, what his name is, but the guy who played Alf the Alien. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, thank you, brother. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Good on you guys. We're here for uh, Jayco today, and uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, later, very, very soon. In fact, we've got predictions of a rugby league half week. Well, if last night's game's anything to go by, it's going to be a fantastic round of football. So it's time for predictions of a rugby league half week. It sounds like, you know, I'm I'm like the parent that goes, okay, Ben, do it. Mate, I almost changed the name of this segment to Rugby League Oracle last week. Because I came in here and I said, said, the Sharks are going to beat the Roosters. Tick. Hello. Thank you very much. And then I said, the Knights were going to beat 
the Panthers. Oh. To which Webbo over there goes, I'll give you four ninety. How much do you want? <laughs> That's oh, right. I tell, <laughs> I tell you what, mate. Uh, well, you didn't put it on uh, there, did you? So, well, thank you, Monster. When, when, when I saw Tyson Gamble <laughs> slot that field goal, I was up like, and my wife's going, you, yeah. you, you mentioned this on no. predictions, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I said, I right. sure did. Ben, no one was more surprised than Tyson Gamble himself. <laughs> <laughs> I took the gamble on Gamble and it did not pay no. off. All right, what have you got for us this week? Okay, well, I, I'm still going to... Oracle? I now, I said last week as well, and, I, and I'm going to stick with this one, the Tigers, they're going to get a win eventually. They're playing at Campbelltown against Manly, and I was very down on Manly. I reckon Manly, they've come off a very big high with oh, Melbourne. Oh, oh. They're playing Campbelltown. They're rested. They've got this young fullback in, Tigers, yeah, this young fullback in, Buller. Uh, I reckon... It's a dangerous game. I reckon it's a dangerous game for Manly. Yeah, I reckon it's Tig Tigs. Because people are forgetting Tigers' roster. Like, look at their roster. This yeah. is a good roster. Yeah. yeah. I, I just think this could, be a, this could be a bad game for Manly, and I think the Tigers are going to get them. Yeah, wow. They've got they to they be right up for this... Uh, Manly, it's it's like when when you play a side, right? When you go in, it's very easy when you're playing sides that are struggling, and people just think it's a, a straight out given you're going to win. It's a, it's awkward because the top sides sometimes tippy toe around and try to finesse the way to victory. The way to win these games is to play like an underdog yourself. Yep. Un- like victories, upsets are just defensively driven all the time. Yep. So the first thing, if you're a top side and you're playing the Tigers, Manly playing Tigers this week. Don't worry about scoring points. The first, most important thing is you've got to get your defence right. It, um, really and, t- and Tigers are paying three thirteen. Can, can three dollars said something really that's interesting. That's an odd number. That's a very odd number. But that's, <laughs> what, that's what sports bet. There you go. Cam Smith said something really interesting because I asked him about that with the Storm. For so many years, they were so dominant. How do you get up for the teams that you knew you were going to be? And he said, like, in normal weeks, you'd go in with your normal principles and your standards or whatever. He said, in games where we would go against lower-tier sides, we would say all week... It, this, it doesn't matter how it's done. This is non-negotiable, boys. We win this game. It is a non-negotiable, whatever it takes to win this game. And it took away the kind of... Um, it, it, right, it put pressure on you internally rather than the team putting pressure on you externally. Whereas when you play like the Panthers, they're putting pressure on you to, to, to get, get the win. And I thought that was a really interesting way to, to yeah. kind of navigate the lower-tier teams. Mm. It is, isn't it? What are, um, ben, next one. Because you're going to talk about the Knights and the Cowboys. I'm going to talk about the Knights and the Cowboys. I, yes, I want to I, talk I, about the Cowboys. I, I just, I just like the way the Knights are going. Mm. Dry track up there in Townsville. Okay, I'm thinking Lockie Miller is really going to stamp his authority on this game. Mm. Yeah, he heard I, it here first. I reckon he I could so. get a double. He's been, Ooh. he's been, he's been terrific. He's been fantastic, and I think if Lockie Miller. I think if Lockie Miller hadn't been playing so good, you might have seen Kalen come back into this game as a fullback. Yep. But you just... Um, he's been one of... I think, dollar for dollar, he's been the buyer of the season. Oh, 100%. And yeah. he's, he's... Like, everyone has to remember, he hasn't... He's played on, what, under 15 NRL games or something? Yeah, so he is. hasn't yet really sunk and his teeth into a career. Outstanding bloke. We, Trish and I gave him a lift back from Mudgee. And... Um, he was so polite. He just sat and listened to Trish and I squabbling and <laughs> waffling. 
Trish, oh, what a treat. Trish <laughs> threatened to pull over on the side of the row and beat me. <laughs> <laughs> Physically. Yes, yes. It's okay. Oh, Mar married couples can, you know. We're after camping. What about the camping? Yeah, I'm sorry. Mate's like Buzz. Mate, we're at the Jayco. Camping. <laughs> Have you noticed everyone keeps going in that camper? I know. What's going on in What's there? What's going on? Oh, What's happening? It's a, a massage table in there. Babe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Webby. Yes. Denon, the Cowboys. Ooh. Time, like, I know it's, we're going, this is only round eight, but time's starting to run out. Like, you, you don't want to hit the middle of the season and they say, well, here we go. They've got to start, they've got to win nine out of the next ten. I don't know. I tip them to win the comp. Mate, the, the, that's probably why they're full. And they, they still could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's... Oh. The Cowboys, I thought there was a really interesting stat from the game on the weekend. They had about, I think it was 16 tackle breaks in total, and they missed 40 tackles. And so what does that tell you? That says that they're, they're struggling with the contact in the game, whereas that's what they weren't struggling with last year. No. Contact is half the battle. So... I don't know whether they're overtrained because, you, as you know, sometimes you have these preseasons where everyone comes in and it hate, it, all these new standards are being set and you hate it as a player, but it makes you the best you can be. You try to do it again and it's yeah. too much. It's too yeah. much again. Or yeah. you go the opposite route. We had a great year, boys. Let's yes. pull it back. Let's relax. Yeah. So I just don't know whether the yeah. Cowboys are Coming over. Off, yeah. yeah. Coming off that World Cup year too. Yeah, yeah. I just don't Berk. know. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, watching them play... Last year they played, we are just talking about you know, the proper underdog mentality. They played with that underdog mentality every single week. This year they're playing like high flyers. Mm. Benny? I've got one more. If you want to wrap this into a three-game multi, yes. this will pay $43 if this comes in. What is it? So go Knights, go Tigers, and then I reckon uh, Matt Burden, the dogs are going to do the Sharks. No, don't be silly. Webby, what price do you give him on that one? You said it's about forty one dollars. It's if I if I I'll go that you, Webbo, that's, that's gonna be forty three bucks, mate. Ooh. Can you do better? Can you do better? Mm. On that multi? Yeah, well, can you give me better odds than that multi? <laughs> forty-five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I, I, I like the Warriors on the Insector. So do I. I reckon it's a big chance. Is it down there? Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, is. I've, I've, I don't, I don't I've mind looked it. into my, ben, my, my crystal ball, and oh, that, is, that is a definite ben, no. If you're, ben, if you're, if you're multi, if that one gets up, I will give you my next-born child. Unfortunately, I've had a vasectomy. <laughs> but I will get that little thing removed to open up the family. That little thing removed? That, that, li no, that well, little that thing is that big oh. thing. <laughs> right, no, we'll, we'll take a break. More after the break. Yes, and welcome back. To, uh, thanks to Jaco here at the uh, camp. And caravan super show at Rosehill Gardens. It's fantastic. Uh, just looking around here, uh, people having a good time, uh, people pitching tents. Uh, there's uh, cats in prams. There you go. Uh, and there's a fellow here just out the front of us who's attempting the world record for longest handstand. Uh, <laughs> at the moment, he's up to two and a half hours. Um, <laughs> And his head is, uh, well, it's, at the moment it looks like the, uh, the map of Japan. All the flag. <laughs> Rabs. The, uh, the flag. The Japanese uh, flag, so to speak. Uh, it is time for 10 minutes smoking camp. <laughs> Firstly, slice of denim.
Uh, bad news, people. He's just fallen. Uh, so the, <laughs> the world record uh, still stands for the person over in Romania. Over there in Bucharest, it still stands. The, uh, of course, the uh, if anyone is out there who thinks I can... Uh, break uh, nine hours 20 in the uh, handstand record please come out here and have it a crack have a crack thanks to Jaco um Dan who may out of your uh, bloke in a uh, podcast who are we talking about this week we are talking about uh, Campbell Graham really rocketing onto the scene as a fan favorite he has been slaving away uh, at the Rabbitohs and just getting better each year it's it's really you know, a lot of players come onto the scene and they, they have a certain attributes and that's what they play with for their whole career. Yep. What I love about Campbell Graham is every year he's adding something new to his game. And I'll tell you what, it's very, very close that he may get selected for New South Wales this year and that's what we talk about in this snippet. But what about the origin call-up? The first origin call-up is in into the squad. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Um, I remember it was 2021. I got called into the Origin squad. I remember again coming in pretty pretty nervous. I was like coming in the squad, but um, you know I'd worked with Freddie a lot in pathways and stuff like that. Mm. So I sort of knew how he operated, and again had a few boys, you know Cookie, Trell, and Cam. Um, you know they were in the squad with me, so I was tight with all the all those boys heading in. And I remember. Um, just really trying to learn because I knew I wasn't playing. I was like 19th man, but I just was so, you know, willing to learn and just watch blokes like, because Tommy Trevojevic um, was sort of had that niggling hammy injury. So he, um, his loads were monitored throughout camp. And I remember I, that gave me a good opportunity to jump in and do a lot of, a, a lot more than I probably would usually as a yep. 19th man. So that was um, a really good learning experience for myself. And, Another thing that I took out of it was just like the lead up to an origin game is just crazy. Like just even just leaving the hotel, going to the stadium, it's like, I wasn't even playing. And I was like, bro, like I'm G'd up, like I'm <laughs> yeah. ready to go. Drone Lua and that, like playing all their one four and that was pretty sick. And there's like a police escort taking to the stadium. Yeah. What was it like? What, were you sitting on the sidelines for mm. the game one? Yeah. Watching yeah. Tommy and Trell. And Trell, bro, that is like, that's just like the... Yeah, it's just a, the most crazy center combination, I reckon. Like, they're both similar but very different, I think. Like, Trell's just got that power run, like, like natural freak, like strong. But Tommy Javoyevich is just, yeah, you know what he can do. It's so insane. I, I argue that center pairing is as good as any that's ever played the game yeah. in the history of the game, period. But yeah. that origin, like, either of them, I think Tommy Javoyevich got the player of the series. Yeah, either of them Trell could have easily won that yeah. as well. Like, yeah. no one would have batted an eyelid if Trell got it too, so... Yeah, that was, that was sick to watch. Yeah. He's a must for the state of origin side, Campbell Graham. And I think uh, Stephen Crichton's feeling him breathing down his neck, hence the performance from Crichton last night. Oh, I mean, Campbell Graham, he's been in the system. And what I loved, even in that little snippet where he said, you know, the lead up to origin is massive. And then you get a police escort and you're in the bus. And some people might say, you know, it's overwhelming. He said, I was so G'd up, ready to play. And when you hear a player say that with a pressure and he's not even about to play, yeah. he's ready for it. I, I think Campbell Graham, when you look at... So his competitor to get on the wing would be Suali'i. When you look at their stats, mm. Suali'i, I think he scored a try. Campbell Graham has scored eight tries. He's got 10 line breaks, whereas uh, Suali'i only has three. Uh, Suali'i has 23 tackle breaks. Uh, Campbell Graham has 21. So statistically yeah. speaking... Campbell Graham is is substantially outpass yeah. outplaying Suli Su right now. Suli is he's got immense talent, but he's still developing. Yeah, 
It's just the, the nature of the high profile that he's been spoken about a lot. Mm. Uh, I, I think Campbell Graham's a must. In, and, and big, I'd actually have, and I said this last week, I'd have Campbell in the centres. I would put Jake, uh, I'm sorry, Tom on the wing, just simply because I think, I think Tom is a better yardage man than Campbell is. And I just like, I just love, I, I just would love to see Tom working in tandem with Teddy on kick returns. But Campbell, he, I don't, this is not the right phrase, but he's an easy guy to underestimate. You know what I mean? Absolutely. He, he's, he's a real sort of baby face, very yeah. nice guy, which belies this great competitor. And, and you, when you look at the way he plays, okay, are you getting the, the crazy footwork and the crazy flicks or whatever? But it takes... You speak to anyone that really loves rugby league and watches every second, they're the people that appreciate Campbell Graham because he's not going to be on the highlight reel. No, no, he's no. going to be the bloke doing all the tough stuff and doing the little things right to give his outside men. Very bankable. And he's, Very a, big, and he's a big and body. A big game like Always that. He's big. a big body. And, Always big. And I'll tell you what he does too. He adds to the culture of the team because um, he's such a great guy. Yeah. People want to be around. And people people underestimate. This was my problem with no Josh Adokar and Jake last year. And Jake, of course, came into the squad but missed out for, in, in the first game. Is there's more than just... For Origin success, there's more than just what happens on the night. It is the whole week in camp. And he's getting the whole dynamics of the team right. People that you want to be in camp with. Uh, people who you know, make it a great experience. People that you just you want to be around. Campbell Graham's one of those guys. And I've been speaking to Smithy literally just the other day. And he would say a lot of the, a lot of the time, you know, yeah, form absolutely matters. Form does matter. Yep. But cohesion is just as important. How do these guys gel together as players? Isn't that, isn't that funny? I asked Cooper Cronk the other day, Webby. I said, right, I would discussing different stuff. And we we're having a chat after the podcast. And I said, I'd love to know how many origins Billy Moore or Gary Larson would have played if they were New South Welshmen. Or, in fact, how many origins Alan Tung would have played if he was Queenslander. Because Queensland... Like we pick in New South Wales, we pick on talent and athleticism, right? As a general rule. I asked Cooper, I said, Right, you're picking a side, who do you pick? And he said, I pick players who can operate under adversity, players who can still perform well when they're placed under the pump, because in origin, regardless if you're in front, you're under the pump for 80 minutes. Not one word of speed, size, or skill. I asked Wally Lewis once, Why, why have Queensland been so good in origin? He said, because we're all the best of mates. Mm. We absolutely take the piss out of each other. Yep. But we are the best of mates. The whole... Like, that's, they're just so thick. Yeah. So I'm like, not saying that New South Wales don't have that, but New South Wales always seem to be trying to well, replicate that, whereas in Queensland, they've had it from day one. Well, Webby, the, the problem with New South Wales is that so many times in the past, our, the history of New South Wales State of Origin is littered with people being brought into the team, having one average performance and never playing Origin yes. again. So I can tell you now, when you walk into Origin camp as a New South Welshman, I would say most of those players would be nervous. They're on uncertain ground, uneven ground, and they're thinking, God, I, I hope we win and I hope I play well. Otherwise, I could be turfed. Now, that doesn't lend itself to team spirit. And, uh, and, and New to, South Wales done, and we've done that in, well, New South Wales have done that in the last few years. Cody, Kiri. Well, I, um, they've, yeah. they've, we've, we've Get, chewed up players and spat them out. Sorry, Beak. That's and that's, this is the thing about last year, is you're trying to fix a culture of uncertainty. If When you don't pick Jake in game one and you don't pick Josh, what that does is 
for the younger players, they go, mate, they're going, well, if they don't, if they're not picking, if they're, if they're axing Jake and Josh. Mm, who's next? Yeah. What are they going to do to me if I don't play well? Well, do you play with fear or do you play with confidence? And that, mm. that's the, the question you ask yourself. I, I had a little story with, uh, lucky enough to sit with Anthony Minicello. And, and, you know, we all saw what Joey did in Origin. We all saw it on the field. But he said, the day Joey walked into camp, yep. we knew we were going to win the, the thing yep. up. And so that has nothing to do with the actions that actually happen on the field. That's a feeling. Yes. That's something that existed before you even played. Yeah, that's the benefit. Like they said when Joey went into because Joey, what, what? Well, let's talk like we talked about the Sam Walker thing earlier about getting the football education. What the football education did with Joey, Joey carried a roadmap around his head all the time. So it didn't matter what team he walked into, he dictated the style of the football mm. straight away. Yeah. So you just adopt that, yeah. and that's that's part of it. Righto, let's talk money now with how to build a business empire. <laughs> oh, Denon, don't back away from it, mate. We might be in Australia and the, the tall puppy syndrome, but no one begrudges you your success. Tell us what we need to know. How do we crush the little guy? How, how, do, how, do, we, how do we buy one of these caravans oh, like that? Wow. A caravan? Mate, how do we buy Jaco? <laughs> oh, well, this is rich coming from Matty. I mean, he wouldn't wake up out of bed for other... Look, Dan, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> oh, mate. We're talking the other day, I was talking to Stephen A. Keith, and we're talking about... Yeah, about pay, player wages being made public. And we're talking about the Prime Minister of Australia, you know, like, you know, people know what he's on, but we're paying, you know, and he's on about 500 grand. And he goes, oh, would you want to know what, uh, would you like people to know what you're being paid, Matty? I said, oh, it doesn't worry me, I'm more than the Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dennis, what advice you got for us today, mate? Mate, some advice. Oh, I think it's a, some advice about not getting distracted by the shiny new thing. Know what you're good at and focus on that. I think a lot of the times where you get a bit of success in, for example, you know, bloke is, is you know, it's uh, gotten big and it's got a big following. It'd be very easy for us to go, oh, oh there's this new product that seems to be getting some steam, getting some fire to the 18 to 45-year-old male demographic. Let's jump on that in the bloke gotcha. category. My advice would be, you know, what got you to the dance? be the best at that and sometimes I think that a lot of younger entrepreneurs because they have that spirit in them of like wanting to take on new challenges they get bored with the success that they have yep. and I just think that where well, my father always taught me you just turn up for what you're good at isn't it mate, like you look at monolithic business beasts like there's some littered with it that suddenly find themselves spreading their spreading themselves too thin yeah you know, you've got little things here like like you know, back in the day, like you know, Coca-Cola, and still to a certain extent, you walk in and there's so many different forms of Coca-Cola. Mm. Then you see them sort of scale back and, yeah. and do it again. It, it, it just, I just see it happen all the time where you go... Because like sometimes there might be a product that you're... you know, Let's say, for example, I like a pale ale beer every now and then. I don't, but let's just say I did. Yep. It is very enticing to go, well, all right, let's get bloke pale out there as quickly as possible yep. because I like it. But you have to take a step back and go, it's not about you. It's about the people that consume your product and your content. What are yes. they like? And I think sometimes a lot of time business people, they're too focused yeah. on themselves rather yeah. than the consumer. It's, it's funny. About your, it's about your beard. fans. It's all about your fans. <laughs> your, pe your people. Community, I call them. There's a reason why community. things are craft beer and why there's two and VB and whatnot. You know, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like supermarket taste. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Taste for the masses. Yeah. Mm. Target the Alcos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm one of them. <laughs> That's who I write for. <laughs> have we got anything planned for Magic Round? Mate, do we have anything planned? So, we'll, actually, 6 p.m. Monday, we're dropping our bloke jerseys. Ooh, uh, I knew you'd have some Magic Round. They were very good last year. Limited edition. Once they go, they are gone. We will not be restocking. That's oh. 6 p.m. Monday at bloke.shop. Can, okay. you, can you swing by the Caxton to visit our boys? Yeah, absolutely. Mate, I'll be at, we're we're going to be at the Caxton anyway. Oh, Fantastic. Dan, a question for you, like a serious question. Like you've picked in your apparel, a merchandise, you picked the colours like uh, orange and brown. Now, when you think about those two colours, they don't naturally go together. Why did you pick those two? Well, I, you know, this is just all of vibe and feel, but if you want to cut through the noise, you have to do something that initially feels wrong. And I know that sounds a bit bizarre, but general wisdom is general wisdom. So, like, why would you take on board conventional wisdom? Because then you're just going to, you know, uh, fade into the crowd. And so a lot of my best ideas have come initially. It feels wrong. It feels... I mean, for example, when, when touch phones first came out, I best we all thought there's no way we're going to get away from actual keyboards being on phones. It feels wrong. It doesn't feel right. And now every single phone is a touch phone. And so with the brown and the um, orange, it was because... A, no one is doing it. B, it's striking. And if you love it or you hate it, you remember it. Of course. Well, mate, I remember one woman one morning at the cafe when we were having oh before the show. God. Did she love it? She walked across the street into the cafe and said, you look outstanding. I, I thought know, she was talking was, to me. Was she was talking <laughs> It was almost was on. It was, it, was, it was on. It was, oh, it was incredible. Wow. It was love on Walker Street. My, my wife might be listening, boys. I mean... Yes, steady yeah. on. Actually, hey, actually, mate, no, hey, you, know you, you did not ask actually, hey, this. Keep is... doing it, because my wife, she's taking me for granted, I reckon. <laughs> Spot on. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> right, uh, we'll take a break. Morning Glory Jeopardy next. Whatever you bet on, take it to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. And we've got him on the line from Neds all the way from Bolivia this morning. Jared Timms. Hello, Timsy. How you going? G'day, Matty. The uh, phone reception here, not terrific, but uh, we'll push on. <laughs> How is South America this time of the year? Terrific, yeah. Big bug problem, but uh, we're getting through. No, it's good. Well, mate, get the satellite ready. Some big games tonight. Uh, we've got Parramatta up against the Broncos in hot and humid Darwin. Yeah, if there has been one side that's been a genuine bogey for the Broncos in recent years, Matty, it's definitely the Eels. I can remember them piling on a few cricket scores, particularly in finals. So maybe a bit of value on offer for the upset here at Ed's $2.15. Plenty of interest for the uh, the Broncos, of course. I beg your pardon. They're into $1.70. The line is two and a half points. And, Timsey, look, one of the features of uh, the NRL calendar is the Anzac Day clashes. The Roosters up against the Dragons. Yeah, it really is one of the great Anzac Day traditions. Uh, this game, but no real surprises in our market for this one. Either the Roosters, probably not quite at their best, but they're still good enough for $1.22 favouritism. And it'd take a big turn in form for the Dragons to get over the line. It's echoed in their $4.10 quote. The line for this one, 12.5 points. Now, this second game, Storm Warriors, oftentimes is a fait accompli, but I tell you, this will be a terrific game, particularly the Warriors. They're playing great, but buoyed by the uh, news, RTS on their way back there. Storm and Warriors. Yeah, really, really interesting one, this one, Matty. Uh, the market would have you believe it's going to be one-sided. I do not agree with that at all. The Storm, in my opinion, are under the odds at $1.25. The $3.90 about the Warriors head-to-head looking very, very juicy, but probably more so for them to cover a 12.5-point line. I think that looks about the better of the round. 
Timsy, I'm going to let you go, mate. Get back to your holiday in Bolivia there and pass on the best to the locals. Thanks, Matty. Good luck, punters. Whatever you bet on, take it to the Neds level. Download the Neds app today and take your betting to the Neds level. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Yes, welcome back. Thanks to Jake. We're here at the Caravan and Camping Super Show at Rose Hill Gardens. Get down here. Plenty going on. It's uh, really starting to fill up. But uh, yeah, it's terrific, isn't it, Benny? You enjoying this? It's loving it. Yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah, it's really good. As, as much loving as McDonald's. It. Hey, oh, look at that. Look at there that. it is. There it You're is. an advertising behemoth. Mate, I, uh, I um, pat backs, mate. You, yes. you know what? We were at this uh, expo last year, and now it's getting to that point where this woman, like what that woman's there doing now, they're walking going, oh, it's, it's, you're yes. talking, you're on air. Yes. <laughs> Joey loved it here. Uh, <laughs> Joey loved it. You know why Joey loved it? Joey people. being a people, people person. He's a people person. <laughs> yeah, he's a people person. Is that Andrew Johns? Yeah, mate. Uh, it is time, people, for Morning Glory Jeopardy. Yes, and on the back of rumours that Jack Whiten is about to leave the Canberra Raiders, we're going to do moves and transfers, which shocked sport. Gentlemen, you don't need to buzz in. We're going to go around the room or around the caravan. <laughs> and uh, you'll, get, uh, you'll get three questions each. First question to you, Weber. Okay. Okay. In the 2000s, David Beckham yeah. left Manchester United to join which other soccer powerhouse? Real Madrid. Real Madrid is right. Oh, well, look right. at him. He's, oh, of course, he, he was, that's the easy one. Of course, right? Yeah, we'll all get our easy ones. Now, <laughs> tough one. He's got, he's got Google open. You know, he's, a, he's a reigning champion too, Webbo, from last week. So he's, his mm, tail's up. Yes. And he literally just punched me. Just oh. Yeah. oh, that was Ooh, a laugh. Assault. Come on. Uh, ben, to you. <laughs> yep. The great one, Wayne Gretzky, mm. sent a, co a country into mourning when he left the Canada's Edmonton Oilers to join which other NHL hockey team? Um, Kings? LA Kings? LA Kings is correct. Is that right? Well done. So was Good. There, there was great a 30 for 30. 30 for 30 on it, yeah. 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 Okay, Denon. The great Cristiano Ronaldo mm. joined Manchester United as a young player from which Portuguese club? Easy. I don't know any Portuguese club. Portugal. <laughs> Sporting Lisbon. <laughs> That's an easy one. That's outrageous. That's your easy one. <laughs> yes, they, they played a friendly. They played a pre-season friendly against Sporting Lisbon, Manchester United. Anyway, they, they picked... They'd never ever heard of this guy, Cristiano Ronaldo. He was 18. And Phil Neville was marking him and walked off the field and said to Alex Ferguson... I don't know who that guy was, but he's from another planet. He goes, wow. I've never seen anything like it. And I think about two days later, they did the transfer. Twelve and a half million pounds sterling wow. transfer. Pretty good deal, yeah. actually. Yeah. Okay, Weber. Yes. The great Joe Montana left the San Francisco 49ers to which American football team? Ooh. Of course, Steve Young came into the 49ers, yeah. which forced Montana to move on. Where did he go? Cincinnati? Oh, no, no, no. No, no, that's it. No, it. was it... Um... Oh, I can't remember. Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, no one Did he really? <laughs> yeah. You said I was wow. going to say that. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say that. Yeah, Kansas City Chiefs. Well, but you didn't. But you didn't. And so we move on. 
<laughs> ben, to you. You love playing game show host, don't you? He loves it. <laughs> Growing up, I just wanted to be Baby John Burgess. We were, me, myself and uh, my wife, Patricia, when we were... <laughs> when, Why are you talking like When that? we were dating. I'm doing my uh, best Larry M. Day. We were When we were dating, I took her down to... Uh, you right there, Ben? A little snort? <laughs> no, 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 hey, no, that was me. That was me. me. That was me. That was me. Oh, because uh, I've got a beak. You know what? You know why I'm laughing? Yes. <laughs> when you just settled in there to start talking about yourself, everyone walked away. Yes, they did. Hello, how are you, darling? Good. Yes, Webby, don't say anything or I'll tell people you're sitting on a bucket because of your, Stop it. Because of your uh, food poisoning this morning. Uh, yes, we went down to a restaurant and we're sitting there and on the table next to us was sweet baby John Burgess. Really? Uh, yes. How was he? I, sweet? Baby. Mate, he was, he was glorious <laughs> as always. Okay, who's got Ben to mm. you? Mm. Queensland's favourite son, or if not one of their favourite sons, Alan Border, was born in which town? Oh, bloody! I should have watched. Oh. I should have watched that uh, exceptional Fox Sports documentary. Um, Alan Border was born in Gympie. Alan Border was born in Mossman, New South Wales. Hundred percent. Was he really born? Yes. Oh, Queensland, Mossman, New South Wales. No, no. New South Wales, mate. But why, why is he a Queenslander then? Uh, but he moved up there. And oh, like, mate, just like, because you second. move interstate doesn't make it's you... What, oh, it, it's what happens all the time. People leave New South Wales, move to Queensland and become zealot yeah, they Queenslanders. What, what is it about I don't know. That? I couldn't do that. I could tell you. No. Yeah. Why? Queensland spirit. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I'll do a different thing. Stalin, <laughs> one of the greatest mass murderers of all time, was actually Georgian. They moved to Russia and become this zealot Russian. Anyway, there you go. Probably a bad, probably a bad analogy comparing Crash Craddock to Stalin. <laughs> really? Um, right, where am I? Get it together, MJ. Uh, okay, more people walking away. How are you, mate? Going good. Hello, kids. How you going? You want to buy that one? Hey, thumbs up. No, don't mind. <laughs> Be careful. Webby was in there before. <laughs> he's not feeling well today. He's got, he, he's got food poisoning. Uh, Anna who? Let's move on. Denon? You just traumatised those children. I know. Did you? I know. Sorry. <laughs> Hello, how are you, mate? Good. Oh, just got the handstand champions a... just gone past. You sounded a little bit like Hello. Yeah. Hello, Hello, girl. Hello. How much of that one? No money. Not here. Uh, Denon, to you. Kevin Walters played for three rugby league clubs. Okay. Played for three for rugby league clubs when he was past the age of 20. So we're not going to talk about Ipswich here. Two in Australia, one in England. What were those clubs? Broncos, Raiders. Um, Wigan. Warrington. Oh, no. no. Different world. And you're a Queenslander. There's a uh, Queensland spirit yeah, for you. Right. We don't know where one of your greats have played. Uh, Very good. Maestro, how is the score at the moment? <laughs> yeah, I have you really put me on the spot here, Matty. No, I, I think it's one. one. I think it's one. one, one, one I think everyone's one on one. No, this? no, no, I'm on zero. No, I accept zero. Honesty. That's what I respect. <laughs> That's why you've built a business empire. <laughs> Honest with yourself. <laughs> Webby to you. <laughs> Jason Little and Tim Horan, the iconic centre partnership for the Wallabies. Mm. We're on the brink of switching to rugby league and playing for which now defunct The Crushers. Club? 
South Queensland crushes is correct. Wow. Yes. Coming at you, Hogarth. Let's go. Sliding doors. <laughs> Webby's on two. Okay, Ben, to you. Jason Taylor played for the North Sydney Bears, your mm. side, and for Parramatta, but began his rugby league career at which club? Oh. Can I answer uh, that one? Magpies. Yes, Western Suburbs Magpies. I, he came out to uh, a, a uh, little thing I was doing out at St. Greg's when I was about 10, mm. and Jace Taylor came out there with Paul Langmack. I did. Met him there, yeah. Magpies players. That's a, there yeah. There's a, a story. There's a story for you guys. There's a crew. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Yes. <laughs> Hello, kids. Here we go. We've got uh, Jason Taylor. Jason Taylor and Paul Lehman. Yeah, hiya, kids. What's doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mate, little langers, mate. Hey, um, Jason Taylor, right? Here's something. Vossi's got the footage, but Jason Taylor has told him, if you ever use it, show it on TV, he said, I will literally never speak to you again. And what it is, <laughs> I remember the game. Oh. He's playing for West Magpies oh. in his first Forrest. season. And he, <laughs> no, not that one. and he kicks a goal from the sideline to win, win the game. And the, great, uh, the late, great Peter Jackson interviews him on the ABC post-game and mm. says, mate, congratulations. And they have a bit of a chat. Then to finish the interview, cracks a joke. JT laughs. And a big bubble of snot <laughs> forms out of his nose and busts. Oh, <laughs> oh my yuck. God. Vossi has the vision. <laughs> I've watched it. And he said, I said, you've got to show that on the, when we used to do the roast. And he said, mate, if he did it, he said he would, uh, he would never speak to me again. Okay, Denon, here we go. Uh, at the moment, the scores are... I can't win. Oh, 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. Okay, but that's all right. Okay. <laughs> the great Eric Cantona, the king, joined Manchester United for a bargain transfer fee after winning a title which with, with, with which other English soccer team? Oh, so he man. won... He, he came over from France. He joined this side, won the league, and then went to Manchester United. Oh... Think North. Oh, I mean, I don't even know my English. Um, Leeds? You got it. Yes. 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 Of course, as Maestro I'll tell you, Howard Wilkinson was coaching Leeds, and Cantona had a reputation as being fiery, you know, and, and sort of problematic. They won the league. Cantona was the inspiration from winning. Anyway, met, um, Alex Ferguson rang Howard Wilkinson to talk about some other player, and Wilkinson just said, I'll give you Cantona for £1.2 million. Pounds. Oh, really? And he oh, said, no. deal done. Uh, arrived at Manchester United, and as he was showing Eric Cantona around Old Trafford, and he said, got to say, Eric, he said, this club, can, it's a giant. It can be too big for so many people. He said, I want to know if it's big enough for me. So, <laughs> wow. so Okay, boys, 2-2. Two, two. Now, this is how the tiebreaker works. Tiebreaker is, Webby, I'm going to go to you. If, mm-hmm. You can play or you can pass. Correct answer, you win. Correct answer, you lose. Do you want to play or pass? Go, Webbo. Don't be a coward, bro. Play. Yes. <laughs> okay. What done? Oh. Soccer. Cl- yeah, nice, maestro. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. Yeah, because yeah, I'm... You're on fire. Yeah. Give yourself well, a wrap. Yeah, one on end fire. is anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Correct answer wins. Incorrect, Ben. You get the trophy. For two wins in a row. Andrew Webster. Name two clubs that the Brazilian Ronaldo played for in his career. The Brazilian Ronaldo played for numerous clubs. Name two of them. He played for Botafogo in uh, Brazil. No, he did not play for Botafogo. Oh, there you go. That's good. (laughs) He played for Flamengo and Corinthians. 
Barcelona uh, as well. And played for Barcelona. He yes. played for oh, Inter. He played for PSV. Played for AC Milan. Um, That's very disappointing. I try to get so cute there because I've been to Brazil and I completely stuffed it up. Botafogo didn't happen. Ben, congratulations, you are yes. Didn't Ben have to answer one, right? No, 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 a, no, no, no. It's that's a play or pass question. Well, that's, 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 that's not how it works. He has, like, no, he hasn't Dennis, scored yet. That's not how it works. No, is it? Exactly. It wrong that's like golden point, mate. It's just oh, okay. toss the coin. He lost. He wins. Yeah, and you know what? I'm Ben Hunt. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that was low. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, Queenslander, mate. Uh, and he, you, my friend, uh, Tyson Gamble. We'll take a break. Tips later on. Yes, and welcome back. We're here at the uh, we're at the camping and caravan uh, super show at Rose Hill Gardens. All thanks to Jayco. Uh, got a lot of text messages here coming through. First one from uh, Mickey the Mouse. He says, "Hey, Maddie and Denon, have you who you who have you guys got coming up on your uh, respective podcasts, Denon? Uh, I got uh, Josh Adokar. Oh uh, yeah, ooh, Gordon Tallis. Uh, and uh, working on hopefully Fatty, but we'll see how we go. Yeah, fatty. right. Yeah. Who's been over the years? Is there one that really stands out for you? Like, a, let's say, a pleasant surprise. Look, look. There was this one. It's unexpected. This came out of nowhere because I thought it was going to be a snooze fest. But Andrew Webster, the journalist, was absolutely fantastic. Really, <laughs> yeah, he's really. doing a great job with the Warriors too, mate. Well done, Webby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, look. Obviously, sitting down with Cam Smith was incredible because yeah. he'd never done a podcast like that before. Thurston the other week was incredible, but one one that like, sticks out to me um, from quite a while ago was James Seguiaro. Just his story about being so poor that he couldn't even afford to go to school, an orphan kid. Uh, yeah, so yeah, wow. yeah, just an incredible, incredible story. I interviewed Candace Warner mm. through the oh, week. Oh, how was she? Outstanding. Yeah, she's got a book. She, out. Mate, she's tough. I she, like Candace. Yeah, I like her and Dave. Yeah, yeah. They're, just, they're very just who they, they're just who they are. Not a big fan of the Australian cricket hierarchy. No. You know about what what took place. We've got Stan Grant on Monday. Rick Rossman's coming up next month. Got Walid Ali and Sarah Harris, and I got uh, interviewed Mick Fanning. That one's coming up in Fat Boy Slim. Got Fat Boy. No way. Yeah, got Fat Boy you Slim. Got fat Boy. Really? Yeah, got, I'm doing him What's up at Magic Round. Uh, I'm heading up there on the Thursday. We're doing the show from. Up there, but on the Thursday, I'm interviewing Fatboy Slim. Wow. And the podcast. Yeah, Norman Cook, of course, which his real name is. Cookie. Norman Fun- Cook. Cookie, Funk eh? Show Brother. Yes. What now, was that? Funk, Funk Show Brother. brother. Uh, I, thought I, I thought I heard another word. Your mind's in the gutter, eh? Sorry, Jeez. I can't hear Okay, uh, <laughs> this one from Mick the Master Fado. Remember that joke there? Oh, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Bloody Wilson song, Mick the Master Fado. Anyway, that's a totally different thing. Pretty politically incorrect these days. Webby, as an old Maitland pumpkin boy, uh, pumpkin picker, who are your three favourite Maitland players of all time? Well, I'll go one, Terry Panowitz. Oh, Pano. So they reckon in the 60s, he was almost, he was like the Bush version of Johnny Raper. Yep. Legs tackler. Mate, lightweight. Like, probably mm. played, I, I reckon, represented New South Wales, probably 82 kilos, I think it was. Yeah. Mm. And he played for Australia. Number two, Robert Finch. Finchy. Captain coached Maitland, 81, 82, and 83. And played. From, yeah, come played, back from St. George. Played in the centres for uh, the Dragons in 77 and 79. Yep. And his brother, Mick, is a very good footballer. Remember my father and Mick had a fight in the grandstand oh, one day. I, when I first started <laughs> as a cadet in Maitland, the, one of the first stories I heard was about Mick and your father having a fight in front of the grandstand. Yep. And wasn't there an accusation that someone spat at someone? There was some, there was some abuse hurled and something hurled, which... 
has uh, been unsubstantiated, but there was words, and my father, my, my father Gary, who's rather uh, got a bit of a wild temper, thought it was directed at him and went up the stand and they started punching on in the grandstand. I remember as a kid watching, just going, good. Mum, what's Dad doing? Got that with his foot on that guy's he's, throat. He's such, a, he's such a lovely old guy, your dad, too. Yes, he has. <laughs> that one I got is Milton Burrows. Remember the old, the, the legend, Milton Burrows? This, now I see why we got this text. Yes. <laughs> and the other one, David Trewella. David Truella. Who played in 81, 82. Greg Bird. Birdie. Chris Houston. But the thir- my third one, I was going to say Steve Story, who was the captain coach Stodgy. when I was there. Stodgy. Played under 21s was yeah. Stodgy. Did you? He's yes. Stock. Very good player. Very, very good player. Uh, right, this one. To finish with four did with break boys. Fellas, what's more likely? Cowboys to miss the eight or Warriors to make the eight? Warriors to make the eight. Cowboys to miss the eight. Mm. Don't know. Oh, sorry, I, I reversed that. Yeah, Cowboys to miss the eight. Can they both make the eight, do you think? No. 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 Well, there no. you go. We've said it. I like both. <laughs> I like both of them. There okay. you go. We'll take a, uh, take a break, and we're going to talk to Blanche after this. Yes, welcome back to the uh, show. We're at the uh, camping and caravanning uh, expo. Hey, how are you? You going good? Just saying hello to all the fans there. G'day, guys. Just one line. There, don't mind. Uh, here at the uh, the Super Show, Rose Hill Gardens, thanks to Jayco. We've got Blanche back. Blanche, how are you, brother? I was, I was looking forward to the fourth hour, and then I realised it wasn't a fourth hour, and I thought, hang on, no. I'll, be, I'll be tipped here. Yeah, it's the it's the after show. <laughs> yeah, Mate, this is, this is fantastic. Uh, it's great. And look, the, the thing is with caravanning, you want to get inside a caravan and yeah. you want to actually experience what it feels like. And that's how I started. I, I hired a caravan to start with. I was never a caravan. I, I think my family did one trip to Harrington. Um, beautiful part of the world, Harrington, by the way. Good yeah. pub. Uh, I think I was 16 buying a carton at the time. But, yeah, um, hence why you're an alcoholic these days. <laughs> uh, but Dad took like the fridge and everything, the freezer from home. It wasn't really caravan or camping. So that was the only time I ever did it as a pub. Yeah. And then um, hired a caravan and been hooked ever since. Yeah. We, uh, we had the caravan at Fingal Bay for about 30 years. We used to go and stay there. Um, old man being a hopeless cle- klepto. We had lots of stuff in the caravan we can't really talk about there, you know. But uh, <laughs> I, remember once, I remember once the old man had his bike stolen, right? This is a Gary John story. Anyway, he's walking, he's walking with his mate. And he's, he's, saying to, he's saying to his mate, he's going up to, to see the boss of the caravan park, saying, mate, I'm going to have a yarn to Eric. I know he stole it. These blokes, you know, they're no good, these young mugs and blah, blah, blah. And my mate, and, and dad's mate's going, Boons is going, Gaz, just settle down, settle down. Gaz, Gaz, where are you? And he goes, hey, Boons, come and have a look at this. He said, there's a, there's a ladder underneath that's not chained up. Give me a hand getting it out. I was like, mate. <laughs> that's, that's the old man. <laughs> It's that generation. A good hu- it is. They just if it's, stuff. If it's not nailed down, it's complimentary. <laughs> exactly. And what a, I tell you what, what a time he would have here. <laughs> well, <laughs> put the locks on everything. Uh, yeah. There's a Weber over there just sitting around. Uh, uh, you know, worry. I had my eye on that. I, think he, I was thinking, my Weber is filthy. I'm just going to take that one. You're Andrew oh, Weber. <laughs> Andrew. I, yes. I see what you did there. Yeah. There's, a, oh, yeah, well, There's uh, something in that. Bletchy, you're still a Knights man. Yeah, absolutely. I always have been. I remember sitting on the on the hill with the old man watching Adrian Brunker and John Schuster kicking from the sideline um, up there at uh, McDonald's Stadium. Josh, Joshy Schuster. Uh, Johnny Schuster's his uncle. Yeah, of course. Going yeah. well. Yeah, going really good. Very good. Very, very talented footballer. It's um, It runs in the family like that, doesn't it? 
Well, I'd like, <laughs> I'd like to think so. Uh, yeah, but it does. What do you think, of, mate? Thoughts around the Knights at the start of the season. There was a fair bit of pessimism, but they're showing a little bit this year. It's, you know, it's the thing, and, and there was 26,000 people at McDonald Jones Stadium last weekend, mm. and no one left there unhappy. And That's yes, it. we didn't get the W, but to show the spirit that has been missing from that club, arguably a decade, and I, and I think yeah. any, anyone, any Knights fan will say it, and I'm through and through, yeah, I'll get to be the ground announcer, it's great fun, but yeah, I, yeah. I'm still a Knights fan. Absolutely. And, and, and announcing that... Nathan Cleary field goal in Golden Point extra time broke my heart. Yeah. But Best I didn't really, yeah. leave there unhappy. Yeah, there's been some dark times in the last 20 years, but you can sort of get the feeling we're starting to come through a little bit. Touch wood. We'll uh, take a break. Hey, appreciate you. Hey, no. The invitation to be here today. Thanks to Jaco. It's been fantastic. I've got to hook Denim up with a caravan now. So. Denim, there you go, mate. Yeah, well, okay. you, mate. I'll, Just... I'll post it on my Instagram. That's it. We'll take a break. Got our tips to finish off the show next. Yes, brought to you by BizCover. Business insurance made easy. For business insurance that will have your small business winning every time, choose bizcover.com.au. We're here thanks to Jayco. Really appreciate it today, boys. Been a great show. Webby, what's your tip for the weekend? I like floating artist in the Hawkesbury Cup tomorrow. 380, get on it. Mm. Dannon? Uh, Titans to win and win well and uh, Pereira to score a double. Benny, got anything for us? Mate, Knights, Tigers, and who was the other one against the Sharks? Bulldogs. Uh, Bulldogs. Get on it. Get okay. on it. Well, that's there all we've got time for today. To take us out over the course of the weekend, here's a slim, dusty cover by the Screamer Jets. Cunnaman up, fella. Have a good week.